The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All righty, welcome in to a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live, a lovely day in eastern North Carolina and a great day to talk sports with you here on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville. 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. We are live online at PR927FM.com. And you can find us on Facebook and on YouTube. You can watch the shows there and chime in with questions, comments, concerns, anything else you have that's on your mind, ECU or sports related. And uh, we've already got Panther fan Susan Deans chiming in. What a good day to be a Panther fan. Cam Watch 2021. We will get to that momentarily. We will also, on today's program, hear from the head football coach of the Pirates, Mike Houston, ECU offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick, and defensive coordinator Blake Harrell. As they all spoke on Wednesday evening, we'll have that for you as the Pirates get ready for a big one coming up Saturday at noon against the Memphis Tigers. And we'll be with you 8 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Man, it feels good to be this late in the season with a ton to play for. Pirates trying to get to that sixth win and become bowl eligible for the first time since 2014. We'll be breaking it all down for you Saturday and today right here on Pirate Radio Live. I've got a lot of guests to get to on the show as well. Kevin Monroe, color analyst on the Learfield Sports Network for East Carolina, will join us at four o'clock another great defensive performance by the defense i know kevin's fired up about that hey i'll have to ask him about his cowboys uh nearly getting shut out on sunday against the broncos as well we'll talk to kevin at four o'clock we'll hear from molly he is down on his packers right now he uh he's out on rogers he's out on jordan love and uh, i'm sure he'll have something to say about cam newton rejoining the panthers as well we'll talk football uh we'll see if there's any baseball to talk about and more uh with mike mullis coming up later on in today's show at five o'clock touchdown tony collins ecu hall of famer will join us in the pirate radio studios we'll also talk to evan barnes from the memphis commercial appeal he covers memphis football along with grizzlies basketball nice win by the hornets last night they needed that one to close out a road trip uh we will talk tigers football with evan barnes coming up in the five o'clock hour also make you a winner open up the pirate radio booty bag here on a thursday shirley rhodes is here hello shirley rocking the u.s army shirt and the camo ecu hat happy veterans yeah. day thank you to all the veterans out there last night at uh we had sports trivia at aj's great crowd had a lot of fun uh 
not it's not about winning and losing but i played last night and my team won so congrats but you know it's not about me being the best sports mind in greenville it's about the fun right chandler yeah and that we beat your team but that's not what it's about so you didn't play on his team no 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 No, i didn't no we uh told me i should play with the team that i'm a part of and i did hey you dance with the girl you brought but not the ones that like you. And we danced all night long. <laughs> uh, but also last night at AJ's, there was a large gathering of veterans, of uh, Marines. Happy birthday to the Marines. Who were celebrating their birthday. Yep, uh, that was of, yesterday. Of the Marine Corps. And I got to tell you, Chandler, I felt safe. Yeah. <laughs> if something went down, uh, we had how many like 50 marines in there it was uh it was definitely a crowd <laughs> it was packed and uh but that was really neat to to see that gathering last night at aj mcmurphy's so uh thank you to all the veterans out there who allow us to just sit here and goof around on the radio basically i mean it's thank you i i'm too chicken to do that stuff I'd rather just sit here and talk about sports <laughs> and nonsense all right uh i I so quit asking. So quit asking. Where was I going with that? I think that's it. Um, oh, Chandler's here. Hey, Chandler. What's up? Rocking the purple Pirate Radio polo. Yes, I I'm, love it. I'm going with the black today. And uh, we're all looking good, ready to go. All right, let's get to uh, the rundown. How you feeling about Saturday, Chandler? You won't be here tomorrow, so we'll get your thoughts on East Carolina Memphis. How you feeling? I was asked last night at A.J. McMurphy's, uh, where do we get this sixth win? Do we do it this week? Do we do it next week at Navy? And I said, let's go ahead and do it this week. And not just saying just to get it over with, but because I believe the Pirates can win this game this week. Uh, Memphis with an up-and-down season with wins against Mississippi State. They have lost to a Temple team that we just you know beat last week in, in, uh, in, in huge fashion. And uh, then they beat SMU this just past last week. week. So, yeah. it, you know, this Memphis team is very – inconsistent just like the pirates have been kind of earlier this year and now they're on a hot streak with wins against south florida and temple and getting those two teams we should have beat and we did uh so the pirates going on the road for the first time though that kind of scares me a little bit but uh a little bit for sure if any uh but i think the pirates not only can cover this week i think they can get the win and get that six win and get your bowling shirts out because we're going bowling all right Uh, i wore my bowling shirt yesterday i saw that i have to break it back out Hey, if we're in a bowl, we all have to wear bowling shirts. I have to get one because I didn't. I have one. to find one and bowling shoes. Okay. How do you feel about bowling shoes? We should do a show from the bowling alley here in Greenville, <laughs> live from AMF. <laughs> yeah. Hey, are y'all going to the uh, bowl game down at Myrtle Beach or at Fenway Park? No, we're going to be at the bowling alley. AMF. Yeah, we're going to be eating crappy pizza <clears throat> and watered down beer and all that. So uh, there you that go. That sounds like a great time. <laughs> Shirley Rhodes <laughs> has your Buccaneer musical scoreboard live from, from Lane Two. Live from the arcade. <laughs> you, you, you live from the, the Galaga machine. Everywhere. Yeah, love the. Uh, that's some good natural sound. The pins. Oh yeah. Popping. I want to hear some pins popping. I want to hear some pins. Popping. When's the last time you went bowling? I haven't been bowling in forever. Uh, the last time I went bowling, I woke up the next morning and could hardly move. I actually had to go to the doctor. It turns out I had a bulging disc in my back. 
You're like the um, Ben Roethlisberger of sports, Charlie. <laughs> you, every it was hilarious. You, every time you have a sporting event, you come back like I did. I did um, in a full body cast. I was a youth director at one point for my church, and I had taken the kids to a midnight bowling session. So we had gone and you know where they cut off all the lights and you bowl in the yeah. dark and all that stuff. And they had a great time. We had a great time. But I woke up the next morning and I could hardly move and I could not figure out why you know. I was in so much pain, and I went full body bowling. Were you like double fisting? No, no. It's just, uh, I guess my body is. I I don't bowl on the regular, so I guess either I was using a ball that was uh, not the correct weight, and I was using a ball that was maybe too heavy or something. But either way, I ended up waking up with a bulging disc in my back. Your body is a wonderland, surely. It is. John Mayer said that. How about you, Chandler? When's the last time you went bowling? It's been a couple of years. Been a couple of years. Been a couple of years. I took bowling at, e- at ECU. I thought well, it was. Oh, so I did. I took it at Barton. Yeah. I when my, my mom said year. that she took it at Feville State, I thought that was the craziest thing ever. And then I got to East Carolina and saw the bowling lanes at <laughs> Mendenhall, and I was like, oh, this is cool. They were like, yeah, they offer classes. I thought that was the craziest thing. Yeah. And um, I didn't realize. I never did, and I never easiest did Easiest A I ever made. <laughs> And really, it's kind of all about like just showing up, and also I guess improvement. Mm-hmm. And I just for what I, I just get worse the more I bowl. So <laughs> I was about to say you were probably a dog, but you got worse. What is this dog a compliment or an insult? No, you're a dog. Dog. You're a dog. We we want dogs, not we cats. Don't, we don't cats. Meows. Not a great bowler. I, again, I kind of it's kind of like pool or anything i just seem to like get worse i get tired of it i don't know just if i could go like five frames i might be okay once we get through six through ten i'm pretty bored with it to be honest with you i i i did a lot of um what do they call it the uh the split where you have like one pin like over on the The left seven ten split yeah and and you might have one or two pins on the right hand side i could never you know i was just like well i'm just gonna knock down whichever one has the most pins on one side what uh useless elective did you take in uh at east carolina chandler Mm. i wouldn't say it's useless but uh, north carolina geography it was like i was almost done but you still had to take a few electives i my senior year i had had which is like pointless kind of but i took walking <laughs> I'm not kidding. That was a class. Power walking? No, speed walking? Just, just walking. walking. Okay. Just walking. And literally the class was at eight in the morning. And then I had weightlifting at I think it was ten o'clock. Sounds like a high school I had, senior. Yeah. Well, schedule. because I had because I knew what my major was, I had pretty much finished everything except for my senior thesis class and then the rest of it was electives. I just needed to get twelve hours of of uh instruction and uh, to remain a full-time student because i was on uh i was on financial aid so uh to keep my financial aid i had to have 12 hours so i was taking a bunch of classes and so what we would do is we'd get up go walking for an hour and then we'd hit the local biscuit place grab a biscuit come back and do weightlifting at 10 o'clock if you run you get an f (laughs) <laughs> or if you jog you get a c ironically i also took a badminton class but not the same year it was another year but it was more expensive to buy the book for walking than it was for badminton i'm starting to learn a lot about shirley's education walking? now yes you had to buy a book 
And I was like, why do you need a book? Is put one foot in front of the well, other. page one, right foot. Page, page two, two is put left, left foot. foot in front of right foot. Just yeah, but Santa the book Claus was like, the town. but the required put book for the class was like 90 bucks. The and then badminton other. didn't have a book at all. And badminton has all sorts of rules, but you didn't have an instructional book. Hey, Walking. guys, uh, college is a scam. Yep. Let's... Uh, <laughs> Chandler, hey, Einstein, did you figure out any classes you took? You've been I over there thinking. I can't remember, bro. You just got out of school. Yeah, a year ago. Did you even go to school? <laughs> That's a good it's question. It's been over 20 years for me. I can tell you every class I took. Well, see, I don't think I took... What? I, you know what? It probably is easy to remember walking. <laughs> <laughs> it's something you still do every day. Exactly. It stuck with you. I mean, hey, I, uh, I applied what I learned. Hey, Nice walking, Shirley. Yeah, I, I, yeah. That was my major in college. Yeah, I took it at college. <laughs> I don't think I had anything crazy. Like, but I do remember one year going through the list, and like scuba diving was up there. Yeah. Um, one of our interns said she was a uh, certified diver. Was it making maybe or press? I could see her being a certified I, diver. I, I, she, that sounds. She's uh, very outgoing. It's kind of. I don't know. It makes me a little nervous to be down there. I took things like individual sports, team sports, did, things like I that. I did like intramural indoor wiffle ball. Shirley at Barton was taking like the North Carolina athletes train uh, course load, it sounds like. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> did you happen to have African-American studies? No, no, okay. no. Right. I did one on, um, there was a class on Western films where you basically, it was a whole <laughs> class about Western you know western films yeah and then there was another one um women writers i took that class and um it wasn't all sports but like most of my electives um i took were a lot of uh your individual uh sports classes all right so it was fun ecu five and a half point underdog at memphis <laughs> had to circle back circle to back yeah okay all right moving forward Oh, the Cam Newton fanboys and girls are having a day. Wait, did something happen today? Cam Newton back with the Panthers. He's going to battle with Matt Barkley to see who's going to be the third-string quarterback. Yep. Congrats. <laughs> All right, Chandler, you can take the floor. How do you feel today that Cam Newton is back as a Panther? My heart is full. My, See, heart, my, my heart is full. Okay, and I'm happy for him to be back. I really, right. I am. I really. No, am you excited. are. That's two. Th- you have yet to say anything about the actual like game on the field, because I feel is this like going to improve the performance on the field for the Panthers. I can't tell you that, and th- I sure hope so. This is more about like a. For me, it it sounds like the Panthers fans are starting to turn on everybody. Tepper, uh, Rule. I don't know about Fitterer, but they're just starting to – Brady, everybody, they needed something like some good PR, so they brought back Cam Newton because they knew the Cam Newton fans, which uh, I don't know what percentage – I mean, there's a lot of Cam Newton haters out there, but – There definitely was with his days in Carolina because, I mean, you know, Cam Newton did have his times uh, even during the success years with him, you know, where – Fans, you know, were very disappointed. I was in Bank of America Stadium where people were wanting his head uh, for simply overthrowing a, a receiver. Um, but I saw a tweet today from a media member in the Charlotte area that said, at this point, saying he doesn't care how the Panthers perform the rest of the year. He's just glad Cam's back. I disagree. I think that's stupid to say, especially as a media member. 
we still want to see a successful performance, and we want to see wins produced from this football team. And having Cam back is, you know, is very exciting. And and, and the hearts of the Panther Nation is full today. And uh, he does get a second chance. He has been at home for a long time. I mean, we're over half the uh, year, and he hasn't even been on a team all season. So not only is he having to come in and learn that Joe Brady offense – um, he, I don't know if he'll be forced into the starting lineup this Sunday. If not, he will be facing his former head coach next week when the Washington football uh, team comes to town. He's going to throw for 300 on Washington. But I am excited to see what he can do, to see if there is any bounce back from Cam Newton because we saw in his, in his younger days in the NFL – not only does he have a strong arm, he can run as well. And to have, you know, Christian McCaffrey back, and man, what great timing that's been with Christian McCaffrey back, I guess, fully healthy. And then having Cam Newton in the backfield as well, that's a double threat right there. And uh, so we'll see. The only thing is, and I just realized it literally an hour ago and I said it out loud, didn't realize I said it out loud. Let's, let's hope that Cam Newton's not off the starting lineup as quick as we hope. You know, with this offensive line, it really scares me with this offensive line that he's just going to be just like Sam Darnold, and that's running for his life. So, you know, because the offensive line is still a struggle, and it continues to be a struggle, especially with the injuries that we've seen in the past couple of weeks with Matt Paratus at the center position out with the rest of the year with a torn ACL. We've seen um, multiple – we've seen Moten go from the right side to the left side, back to the right side. Cam Irving is hurt. So – the biggest thing, and the cliche is, it all starts up front. How can this offensive line uh, step it up, especially with a guy like Cam Newton back there, who can run and elude tackles? So, uh, we'll, we'll see. not like he once could. No, absolutely not. Especially with the foot injury that he had a couple of years ago, that kind of started the downfall in Carolina. Then it was his shoulder. Um, so, I'm look. I'm excited for Cam to be back, and it is. Uh, Great! It's going to be great to see him back in a Carolina Panther uniform. It's going to be great to hear his name announced in the starting lineups when he comes out of the tunnel. Um, I think it's a, it's a, a sympathy move. But having said that, you know, kind of like we said the other day, our Igo was in here when they signed Matt Barkley. Would you rather have Matt Barkley or Cam Newton? Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Would you rather have Trevor Simeon or Cam Newton? Cam Newton. I mean, PJ Walker or Cam Newton? Cam Newton. Sam Darnold or Cam Newton? Cam Newton. See, I, I guess I think Cam is pretty much toast, but there are a lot of crappy quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, so he's he's better than a lot of them. And I mean, point. it's lucky that we got him because there's been a lot of you know in the NFL this year. There's been a lot of chances for him to sign elsewhere. I think I saw where he declined Seattle and somebody else earlier in the season. You thought maybe the Saints would go after him uh, when Jameis Winston went down. Uh, and so, but he ends up coming to Carolina, and I knew he was going to come back at some point. Whenever we released him back in 2019 uh, or 2020, I didn't think he'd come back as a player. I didn't. I always knew he was going to come back at some point. I did not know it was going to be in this situation where he went to New England. He was cut by New England. He was basically draft. Uh, they drafted his replacement and uh, didn't know that he was going to come in for an injured Sam Darnold. I don't think anybody saw that coming, but uh, he is a Carolina Panther once again, and it might start as early as this week. Yeah, uh, Redbeard says it's a move to sell tickets. I mean, I agree with that, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Panthers fans need a reason to be excited about something, so you might as well give it to them. A little fan service, I think, by 
Tepper and uh, and the folks in Charlotte. No doubt about it. And you know, I tell you what, the Panther attendance has been well. Oh, it's, it's, it's been turning great. into FedEx Field, Let me field tell you South something. because it's this opposing past Sunday, fans, right? Yeah. I told somebody at tiebreaker. I said, I said the next time they pan this camera out, I want you to see how many red jerseys there are in Bank of America. It was basically a New England Patriots home game. We've seen that all season long. Of course, I haven't been to a game all season long, but I have heard uh, from Twitter and, and I've heard from Tony Dunn, our, our very own Tony Dunn's C3 Panther podcast, that the attendance of opposing players in our home stadium has been a problem this year. And I think it was at an all-time high this past Sunday with New England Patriots fans. And uh, this definitely is going to kind of give us back that home field advantage and have people come back that are Carolina Panther fans or Cam Newton fans, whichever one you are. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely think this is a, a sympathy move and it's definitely a marketing move as well. Well, we get to face off uh, against some former Panthers quarterbacks uh, in a couple weeks, right? With Heineke and Allen. Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen might be playing by then. Yeah, I don't know. Both his former backups, his second and third string backup quarterbacks. Disgusting. Just disgusting. And, and you know, the, now can we go back and say, well, should the Panthers have gotten rid of Cam Newton to start with? Because what did this end up costing him? I mean, they, they had to spend money on Bridgewater. They made a trade to get Darnold, right? So they had Cam Newton. They go out and give up money and draft capital only to bring back Cam Newton. Uh, I wish I could find the tweet that I just saw, but it was basically like uh, going back and forth that we signed Cam to replace his replacement of his replacement, <laughs> and he is replacing the replacement of this replacement. Uh, it was a funny tweet. I can't find it. I wish yeah, I could, it's but. and like hindsight's twenty twenty, but it, it's because it's the one of the reasons why I was okay, I guess, with signing Kirk Cousins not that I think he's a great quarterback but the unknown is scary in the NFL if you don't have a quarterback and you miss in the draft like Washington did with Haskins and you miss in free agency bringing in old Fitzpatrick and relying on Heineke like would Kirk Cousins have won more games this year for Washington yes would they be a playoff team probably not but uh I don't know man when you don't have that QB it's uh you're just you're lost you don't have a chance in the nfl no and we've seen that the past few weeks with sam darnold he's just been a complete dud for the carolina panthers and i my my switch was flipped on that pick six this past week uh from sam darnold because that was the most disgusting play i've ever seen from a quarterback ever in my life ever ever coming up tonight thursday night football college should be a high scoring game north carolina taking on pittsburgh the Panthers, a six-and-a-half-point home favorite total, is in the low 70s. The NFL game is the Ravens at the Dolphins. So, not a great matchup, but hopefully it'll lead to a good game tonight coming up on Fox. And uh, looking at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard, uh, you had to take Air Force on Veterans Day, right? Uh, but maybe I shouldn't have. They are down 10 at the half to South Dakota as that scored 32 to 22 uh, as that is a uh, live college basketball game going on right now hornets with a nice win last night on the road against memphis let's see do the hurricanes play tonight there's only three nba games 
coming up tonight. Let's see if the Hurricanes are in action as they won a couple of nights ago against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, we'll have that for you in a moment as we look at our Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. No Canes playing tonight in the NHL. There are a handful of games. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back when we return. We'll hear what Mike Houston had to say yesterday and also maybe a little bit of Donnie Kirkpatrick as well. Later on this hour, the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, joins us to talk college basketball, NFL, and college football. Kevin Monroe. We'll join us on the Fixed NC Live line later on. We'll hear from Blake Harrell. We'll hear from Mully. Touchdown Tony Collins live in the Pirate Radio studios. And Evan Barnes will give us the Memphis scouting report. He writes for the Memphis Commercial Appeal. We got a ton to get to on a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live, and we're back after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's for the best Mexican food and fun in Greenville. Come and enjoy favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Follow Chico's on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's for dine-in or to-go. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right. I'm hungry. I want some chips and salsa. Uh, chips and salsa does sound good right about now. I want a hungry pirate burrito, but I also want, I want a Chico's buffet. Could I talk to them about potentially doing a buffet where they just have all their food out there? That sounds perfectly fine to me. You can pay a very hefty price to just eat whatever you want from Chico's. Whatever and how much you want. Yeah. All you can eat. Mm. Interesting. I do need to get a hungry pirate again because I remember getting it that one day for lunch and it was just the bomb. Uh, it's a lot of food and it's really good. It is. All right. Uh, thank you, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt here as well. Mike Houston spoke with the media on Wednesday. Do we have that ready to go, Shirley? Let's hear that. Right now, a brief Q&A with Mike Houston and uh, a few members of the uh, local media, and here's how it sounded. All right. Wednesday's practicing books. Ready to go. Was it a good last few days? Yeah. Kids are in a good place. I expect us to be ready to go on Saturday. That was one of the biggest wins you guys have had in a while. Have the uh, kids done a good job policing themselves on moving on to the task at hand? Or yeah. Kind of had to well, you know, I had to talk too, but. I think they were ready, you know, they're ready to move on, you know, Saturday night. You know, that's, that's one of the things some of the old kids talked about. It's just, you know, it was great to get that win and, and certainly to get it the way we did. Uh, but the guys, they celebrated it pretty quick, but they knew, you know, you got to move on to Memphis. It's a big ball game for us. We talked about some of their skill talent at the press conference, but, you know, their young quarterback, he's played at a pretty high level. Just yes. Yeah, uh, I, I think very headsy. I mean, makes very few mental mistakes, which I think is the big thing with a young quarterback. Uh, throws a very accurate ball. Um, throws the throws the ball down the field very well. I mean, you can tell he's the son of a coach, just the way he carries himself on the field. You know, a lot, lot of savvy. It's the first time in a while you've had exactly seven days off between games. It's kind of nice to be back into it. Well, yeah, it's it's good to be in a good routine. So it's uh, you know it's uh, 
it just it kind of helps, you know, just kind of mentally and you know, everybody's kind of used to this, and so. So we hear, I hear all the ruckus of the guys coming in from practice. They they seem pretty pumped up. How do you maintain that energy and keep them focused to um, travel to Memphis? Well, I mean, we talked about it right at the end of practices. We've, uh, you know, we've got we got to bring a lot of energy, you know, on Saturday and. Uh, you know, we, we know mentally how we play best. I mean, we know kind of, you know, when we're ready to go and we're playing with a, a ton of effort and you know, we're playing really physical and, you know, really locked in, you know, we, we're a pretty good football team. Um, we're going to have to have a lot of energy on the sidelines Saturday. You know, there's uh, early kickoff, uh, probably not going to be a whole lot of people there. Um, so we got to have a lot of energy and enthusiasm on our sidelines. So, you know, I expect our kids to be ready to go. Coming off of that, it's 11 a.m., Memphis start time. Yep. Um, does that alter any of your pregame preparations? Do y'all have to get started super early? Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, you got to wake up ready to go. I mean, that's the big thing. You know, pregame meals four hours out, so you'll eat pregame meal at 7 a.m. But, you know, it is 7 a.m. Central, so it's, you know, it seems like 8 a.m. to us when we're eating pregame meal. And, you know, daylight, we talked about the other day, daylight savings time kicked in this week. So I don't, I don't think it'll be too bad, but it's just, you know, the thing is you get up. You walk through real quick, eat, and get on the bus and go. So it's just a, it's a quick morning, uh, you know, game. You'll be done, be done and be back here, you know, at a good time in the evening too. Hi, there is Mike Houston from Wednesday's practice talking about the concept of time, one of our favorite topics, especially when Troy D's here on Pirate Radio Live. Let's hear uh, a little bit of Donnie Kirkpatrick as uh, he talked about the Pirates offense coming off the win over Temple and getting set for the Memphis Tigers. It was nice to see Mason Garcia out there on the field this past Saturday. How has he responded in practice this week after maybe making a mistake or two? Yeah, he did. But you know what? Like he said Sunday, he's like, you know, Coach, when you, when you get out there and get a chance to play – it just fires you up a little bit. So I really couldn't wait to get back out here Sunday, you know, and, and, and practice because I realized, man, I really do like playing. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I know there is a point in there, and the backup quarterback, it can be the best job in, in the world. Probably if you're in the NFL and you're getting paid, really probably a pretty good gig. You know what I'm saying? Just be the backup quarterback. Everybody loves the backup quarterback because he, he don't make no mistakes. But it's also hard when you're a competitor and, you, you know, you want to play. You know what I'm saying? You want to play. So he, he was just so happy to get to play, I think. He, he made a bad throw. He really did, and he hates that. He kind of messed the play up on the end. And that part on the goal line, you know, I'll take the blame for that. We kind of got a little bit discombobulated out there. There's a point in there where, what was it, 42 to 3? Do you, do you throw it? Do you, you don't want to be those people that, you know, because in, in this business, you'll be on the other end of that. Somewhere in your career now, you'll find yourself on the other end. We've been the other end of that here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I've been at some, some other places. So you're kind of like, well, these are young guys. We want to let them play. You want to score. But you don't want to act like, okay, we're just out here you know, just being buttholes about it, trying to run the score up a little bit. So, uh, But he was thrilled. He, 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 he was just like, you know, it's slowing down for me. Every time I get to play, I just feel like I'm getting more prepared because practice reps are great. We try to make them as competitive as we can, but it ain't anything like being out there in the game. How much for him specifically, like the pre-snap reads going against a different defense in a live setting, how much does each of those reps help him? It's just, it's just so valuable, like I'm saying. It, 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 the practice is one thing because you know you can always just redo it. You know what I'm saying? You hit a bad shot, you drop the mulligan down, you, you, know, you hit another one. 
and in games you don't get that back. So you, you, it's just such a different rep for him. And like he, that's what he was saying. He's like, it just felt like he was really slow. He's really so mad at himself for making the bad throw because he said, I felt so good. I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. He did. He went right to the right guy. He should have thrown a back shoulder throw. And he just made a terrible throw. It just came out of his hand. He said, and I felt great. The ball was good. The ball felt good. So I'm just so mad at myself for making such a bad throw. It was almost like he was just too into, you know, okay, I know what, what I'm doing. And then he didn't, didn't do it very well. But he, he grows from that. No question about that. And uh, we, we think he's got a bright future. I mean, I don't judge it on that one bad throw. You know, he, he, I know he had good field position, which that's part of the game. But he did lose down there and score. You know what I'm saying? So that's pretty good. All right, there's part of Donnie Kirkpatrick. We'll hit more of that coming up later on in our show as we'll continue our Bud Light pregame tailgate. We'll hear from Kevin Monroe at 4 o'clock. We'll talk to him and also in the 4 o'clock hour more with Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Harrell and uh, maybe into the 5 o'clock hour as well when touchdown Tony Collins joins us inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Jeff Nadu, the big man on campus. We'll talk some college hoops, NFL, college football when we return on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you, hour number one, after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. University PC Care has been Pirate Nation's go to IT expert since 2006. University PC Care are the local tech support experts for any of your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, back with you here on this Veterans Day, Pirate Radio Live. And hopefully our great veterans of the Air Force are not watching their basketball team right now. South Dakota Uh-oh. up 41 to 28 Oof. as they play in the second half. Uh, there's a quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Let's talk some more college hoops, college football, and a little NFL with a lot going on tonight. The big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, joins us on the Fixed NC Live line. Big man, how you doing today? Pretty good. How are you, Cliff? I'm good. Uh, this is kind of a rare day, Jeff, where I don't have to ask what you like because I already know a few games you like because I tuned in to the uh, bet us show earlier today where you were on that program watched it live and uh really enjoyed it big man i like the back and forth college basketball conversation it reminded me of maybe my all-time favorite show which was years ago uh with you and donnie Wrightside going over the card so i uh, i enjoyed that show earlier today thank you clip i appreciate it yeah it's uh it was a little tough today we just had some technical issues but uh yeah and not the best card either <laughs> yeah that's correct not but uh best card. i know one game you like uh that you're looking at is coming up at 6 30 maryland taking on george washington by the way i should say jeff you have the ability really no matter what the sport it seems like you always get off to a hot start and you're off to a good start no real surprise in college basketball this year so we'll try to keep that rolling uh you, you going with the uh terps coming up a little bit later on 17 and a half point favorites i think you had it at 17 against george washington yeah uh yeah i like this side 
Um, I'm not real high on GW. I have not really ever been high on them. Um, they, they just don't defend at a real high level. And I look at Maryland this year. Uh, they're very good. They have a great front court with Wahab. Um, they have a great backcourt with Fats Russell and Ayala. And they just have great wings. I think they you know, just are downhill here. I think they score. I don't think they have any trouble there. I'm not real high on GW. I think this is one of those games where Maryland uses their athleticism, you know, their speed, uh, and they're just better. I also look at the game that they played out of the shoot against um, Quinnipiac. I thought towards the end of the game they took their foot off the gas. I'd expect that to not happen again. Um, I was kind of thinking this one would be more like 19 and a half, 20, something like that. So I think there's a little value on Maryland. I'll just kind of hope that they assert their dominance and, and take care of a team they should be able to score against. I also will say – um, on that show, we usually don't do team totals. I think the best play in this game could be the team total, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maryland has had no success or multitudes of success in the uh, non-conference over the last year or two of just putting a ton of points in their opponents. Last year in five wins, they had 80 or more. I think four or five, and that one was 79. So they've had no trouble scoring points. If, if you're worried about laying the number, maybe just take the team total. Jeff, another game where you thought the line was a couple of possessions off. You talked about Vermont taking on Northern Iowa, and you like Vermont plus the six. You, you thought the line was so wonky that there might be something going on within the program. So I guess you're going to do uh, some due diligence, some research to see if you can figure out why the line is six. But you do like the uh, Vermont side in their game coming up at 6 o'clock against Northern Iowa, right? Yeah, I mean, sharp gamblers aren't always right. Um, they get games wrong. I'm like, fully expecting this. That it'll probably be like a 10-point win for Northern Iowa. I, it's just for me as a gambler, I think this is not a line that's overvalued. I put this at two, two and a half. Um, I think six is way too many. I think Vermont will have success scoring. Um, I think Northern Iowa is going to have some issues early on with, with putting the ball in the hoop. They're real dependent on the three-point shot. I just felt like this was too many points. Uh, it was a lot higher than the number that I thought it would be. And this is a Northern Iowa team that's been dreadful in the non-conference. They've been dreadful against the number. Um, they're just not real good laying points. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff, anything else uh, on the card tonight you're looking at for college hoops? I like Merrimack as well. Um, this is one that, that we weren't able to get to. But I, I like Merrimack. It's probably going to be something that I'll wager on tonight. Um, Dave, over the years, uh, when since they've stepped up to um, – you know, high-level competition here in Division One. They have been an elite defensive team under Joe Gallo, uh, one of the best zones in the country. And this is an NJIT team last year that was one of the worst in the country against zones. They just don't make a lot of shots. And when you play uh, Merrimack, if you cannot shoot the basketball, you are not going to win. It's that simple. Um, they have an entire uh, team coming back this year as far as from what they had last year. I really like this Merrimack team. I've made a lot of money betting on them over the years uh, since they came up. Was it been three years now? Uh, I think they take care of business here and uh, and win uh, against uh, against uh, NJIT. Jeff, uh, looking ahead, some great late night basketball coming up this weekend on Friday night. Uh, I'll throw SMU and, and Oregon in there. We'll see what the Mustangs have, but that game going on at Oregon, eleven o'clock on Friday. How about Villanova and UCLA, eleven thirty, coming up on ESPN two on Friday night, and then on Saturday late night, you've got Texas and Gonzaga. So, look, things are going to change. There's a million games during the regular season, so you know whoever wins these games, I don't know how much it'll say, but it, it, you know any of those teams you like more than the others. I know you've been high on Texas. 
Uh, are you going to get involved in those big games coming up these next couple of nights? Yeah, I mean, we'll ultimately see like what the numbers look like. I kind of think I know where they'll be. I'd imagine you know UCLA will be a small favorite. Um, there's some other good ones tomorrow night. I mean, San Diego State, BYU, Utah State, Richmond. Um, you know, there, there's some good you know non-com games outside of the big boys as well. But yeah, um, you know, you also want to look early on. Clip, you'll have teams on back to back. So, like for instance. Charleston plays tonight. Um, they then come right back tomorrow and play against Lipscomb. So you're early on in the season, maybe some tired legs. So, yeah, uh, there's all sorts of things that are going on. Uh, I'll have my hands in, in, in everything and try to find a few uh, mismatches here. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Great time of the year. We also got NFL and college football coming up tonight. Pitt, North Carolina on this Thursday evening, and Ravens-Dolphins is your NFL game on Fox, and the Ravens are a road favorite in this contest. Uh, what, Jeff, around seven, seven and a half total in the mid-40s. Uh, any interest on this Thursday nighter coming up tonight? No. Yeah, you know, Clip, with with college basketball starting, um, I, I haven't had a great NFL year. It's been kind of inconsistent. I'm not, like, down a ton of units. I'm just kind of 500, and I'm not spending as much time on it. You know, I'll I'm surely look at the card, and, and if there's something I like, I'm going to play it. But, um, you know, I don't know what it is about the NFL this year. Maybe it's just the fact that, that I'm just kind of annoyed with my own team. Um, but, but I haven't had the same interest. I guess it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that college football has been so profitable for me. Um, I kind of get to a point where, you know, it kind of gets frustrating if you're not doing well. And it's kind of like, you know what, I'm going to just spend my time on the things that I'm doing well in. So, um, yeah, I didn't have much on this game tonight. Um, I'll kind of worry about Sunday and, and, and maybe find a spot or two there. But, you know, Jacoby Brissett, I think, is probably a better option than Tua Tagovailoa at this point. But um, the, the Ravens seem uh, pretty Jekyll and Hyde at times. I guess I lean Ravens, but um, I'm kind of worried about college hoops and, and college football. I don't know. In fact, I don't think this is even a smart way to go about it. But Sunday, for example, when I saw the Broncos-Cowboys result – and the Jaguars-Bills result started getting in on some dogs at 4 o'clock. That worked out. Then jumped in on a Sunday night, got the Titans against the Rams. That worked out. And then I said, heck, let's, let's try it one more time and took the underdog Bears against the Steelers. So I wasn't even really like looking at, at teams or situations. I was just taking dogs, Jeff, just because that seemed to be the thing to do. Again, it's probably not the smart thing, but hell, it worked out for me last Sunday, and I, it just goes to show how tough the NFL can be week in, week out. Yeah, it really is. Um, you have to obviously be on your toes, and, uh, you know, like I said, you know, it kind of gets frustrating when, when, like, you have, like, a 3-1 and one or, or, or a 4-0 Saturday, and then, you know, you come back and you just lose, like, real – idiotic thing like just the nfl just seems real tough this year and, and and that's not every year but you know there'll be some years where college isn't great and nfl is your thing so um i'm just kind of going where my strengths are and, and and that's college right now jeff how about uh tonight i, I hit on uh some mac overs last night how about uh, acc over tonight uh where you've got pitt and north carolina they're going to be slinging it around and and maybe putting up a lot of points weather depending but uh, any interest in this uh, North Carolina pit game in college football yeah I mean obviously I think a lot of people are going to zoom in and say over um you're not going to have any you know contention for me um you have two really good quarterbacks here you know two of the maybe best quarterbacks in the country I mean obviously Pickett's a, a guy that's moving up draft boards 
Um, they're they're going to move the football. UNC has not had a good defense in really I don't know when. Uh, when you look at UNC, you know Sam Howell's going to sling it around. Um, they've been really good offensively. Been throwing for a lot of yards. Been running for a lot of yards. Um, I, I feel like the difference here may be the fact that you know Pittsburgh has a pretty good run defense for the most part. I just think they're better defensively, so I'd probably lean with Pitt to, to get the job done. But I'd have to imagine this is a track meet. Uh, is 73-ish too high? Uh, maybe. Uh, for me, I would kind of just focus in on Pitt's offense. The reason for that being, I know they're going to throw at a high level. They're fourth in the country in pass success, so basically passing offense. Um, they run a lot of big plays. Um, they run a lot of plays, and I don't think UNC can stop them. So I'd probably look at Pitt probably getting a 40, and, 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 and I'm going to be looking at uh, that side from a team total standpoint. Jeff Nadeau joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Jeff, uh, I mean, we hit on some college football earlier this week, and uh, it sounds like you're still you know kind of locked into that and college basketball as opposed to the NFL right now. Uh, so any other college football plays? I know I asked you about a few games. Did we talk uh, Baylor-Oklahoma? I don't know if we talked about that one on Tuesday, but uh, the, any thoughts on the Bears there getting points at home, that total sitting in the low 60s? No, I, I felt like anything under seven, I, I would be in on Oklahoma. Obviously, uh, a lot to prove. I just think they're better than Baylor. Um, they've had have some, have had some close calls, but um, you know I, that's really one of those where you know if it's seven and a half, I take Baylor. You know if it's five and a half, six and a half, I'm taking Oklahoma. So yeah. It's all about the number. Um, what else do I, I like? Syracuse. Um, you know, I uh, I actually heard that on uh, on Barstool Pick'em, Jeff. <laughs> Uh, that that was one I like. Listen, Syracuse clip uh, eight and one uh, against the number this year, best in the country. Uh, I've really enjoyed this team um, against the number. They have a good run offense. The quarterback's a game manager who could also use his feet. A good defense. They really rallied this year uh, behind Dino Babers. I didn't know what they'd be, but you know they're bowl eligible with a win here. They're off a bye, which is huge, and they're playing a Louisville team here that I don't know that should be a big favorite. I think they've kind of had a tough season. Malik Cunningham was injured all week. Um, question was whether he was going to be a practice or not. So I think he's a little limpy. Plus, when you look at Syracuse, they got absolutely hammered last year by Louisville, 30 nothing. I'd have to figure that's on the minds here. I think they are bowl eligible, and they get bowl eligible with a win here. I'm going to go with Q's. Probably a close game. I'll gladly take the three and a half. Yeah, I, I was on them uh, in the Clemson game, a narrow defeat, but covered the spread. Didn't know they were that good against the number this year. And I've been saying, Jeff, and I don't know how true it is, but uh, it's an easy talking point. Dino Babers has a job because he beat Clemson a few years ago. What else has he done other than that? But uh, good point. Uh, I didn't realize that they were five and four this year, have a winning record and an opportunity to, to win number six. So maybe he can uh, – it's like he had the thing going pretty good at one point and then it dropped. And I don't know, maybe they can uh, get back on top of that roller coaster there. Yeah, I mean, always a pretty solid ACC program. As you said, you know, you get one of those signature wins and you, you get like the next three years uh, kind of given to you. So I also lean a clip in some of those Big Ten games. Purdue-Ohio State should be a high-scoring game. Obviously, Ohio State can score against anyone. Purdue has made it clear – uh, their pass offense is legit. Uh, I'm still trying to understand why Michigan State is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite to anybody. They just do not – they have the worst pass defense in the country uh, clip. How do you consciously lay almost two touchdowns at them and feel comfortable with it? Maryland's got a top-20 passing offense. 
I think maybe just say F it and, and, and you know, bet over. Uh, this should be first to 35 wins. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Got in a little uh, college hoops, college football, and NFL. Jeff, we'll visit with you Saturday morning during the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We'll see if you got 10 minutes to hang out with us coming up Saturday morning to talk some college football, maybe some more college basketball as well. And, uh, folks, make sure you're following Jeff on Twitter at JeffNADU. Also, patreon.com slash BMOC. Jeff, what uh, what's your record to start this college basketball season on the Patreon? Uh, well, it's interesting, Clip. I was three. I started out 3-0. and Then they had three straight losses to end that night. So it's 3-3, and and then – I went two and zero last night, so five and three. I've actually clipped. I'm only playing a half a unit a game to start the season. I'll probably do that until you know December first. But you know, just slow and steady. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we have more plays when we have bigger cards. But um, yeah, I- I'm winning on the the show we're doing and and on Patreon. Good deal, Jeff. Keep up the good work. We'll uh, talk to you Saturday, man. You got it. Thanks, Clip. All right, big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, going to join us Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. While uh, I was talking to Jeff, we've got some breaking news, although do we? Because Adam Schefter says Odell Beckham is finalizing a deal with the L.A. Rams. That was uh, 11 minutes ago. Nine minutes ago, Adam Schefter said Odell Beckham Jr. expected to sign with the Rams. Three minutes ago, Ian Rappaport says... From the beginning of the process, Odell Beckham Jr. spotlighted the Packers and Rams as his top targets. Uh, It's a tough decision. Odell Beckham just told Kim Jones uh, that he was still on the fence about which team he was going to sign with. So, as of right now, uh, Odell Beckham is still out there. Schefter says he's going to the Rams, according to sources, but... The folks at NFL Network are not ready to finalize that as of yet. I turned to Shirley's computer over here, and we're literally looking at a graphic that says that Odell Beckham Jr. has signed with the Los Angeles Rams. Who is that from? But this is from, you know, earlier, you know, this was reports earlier that he had actually put ink to paper. And Schefter is still rolling with it. It almost sounds like at this point ESPN – and maybe they have sources that say he has signed with the Rams, but Kim Jones from NFL Network said Odell Beckham tells me that he's on the fence between the Rams and the Packers. So it's a uh, we've got an old reporter standoff going on right here. We'll continue to follow the story, and maybe uh, we should have some clarification by the time we wrap up here on Pirate Radio Live. And does anybody even care at this point where Odell Beckham goes? Is Odell Beckham Jr.? still somebody that moves the needle as far as winning football games i don't know he hasn't been in a while so we'll see when he gets his new landing spot i know this stafford and rogers uh whoever gets him will be happy uh to have him at their service all right let's, uh did that, you mention that? mike jones by his tweet who uh, mike jones who, who is a reporter for usa today I know. mike jones okay the old rapper who? Oh, who? Okay. Two eight one three three zero eight zero zero five. He is saying this was three minutes ago that the Rams and Odell have a, indeed agreed to terms. Okay. So okay. I, I, it's one of those deals like in Happy Gilmore when that ball's going back and forth. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Everybody's kind of looking at <laughs> one reporter to the other. 
All right, let's uh, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We will talk to Kevin Monroe. He'll join us on the Fixed NC Live line. No flags! We'll talk some pirate football. Ball out! We'll ball out with Kevin Monroe when we return after this. Listening to Hour Two of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is sponsored by Signs and Tint, Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more. Visit Sign and Tint today at 801 Staten Road in Greenville or book an appointment online at signsandtint.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Brownie Wood is your home of the best selection of GMC Cadillac, Buick, and Mazda in Eastern North Carolina for over 83 years. Shop their entire inventory online at brownandwoodauto.com or visit them on Greenville Boulevard. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, hour two of Pirate Radio Live. We'll hear more from Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell coming up later on this hour. Also, Mully will join us uh, coming up at five o'clock. Touchdown, Tony Collins will be inside the Pirate Radio studios and we'll talk to Evan Barnes. He covers the Memphis Tigers over at the Memphis Commercial Appeal. So we'll get a scouting report on this weekend's opponent we'll talk about that now our weekly chat with kevin monroe who joins us on the fixed nc live line kevin how you doing today i'm doing good clip i hope you are yes sir doing great and how about that pirate performance on the defensive side of the ball on saturday kevin so close to the first shutout since were you on that team that had a shutout in uh 2000 kevin i can't remember your years I was not. My last season was 1999. Oh, man. All right. So, first uh, would have been the first shutout since the first game of 2000. But, Kevin, uh, man, a great performance on Saturday. And, uh, again, they, I don't believe they forced a turnover. So, they were able to get some stops, a little bit of bend but don't break at parts uh, of that game, missing field goals on the uh, Temple side of things. But I know uh, you had to be happy uh, watching that performance last week. I was very happy clip. I just I'm excited about this defense as a whole, from the the defensive backs to the linebackers to the defensive line. Uh, DBs are, are no longer just allowing receivers to run free down the field like they have been in past years. Linebackers are not only doing good against the against the run, but they're also getting after the quarterback when when their blitz number is called. And then defensive line is controlling the line of scrimmage. They're, they're getting penetration. They're controlling the line of scrimmage, keeping blockers off the linebackers so they can make plays. So. From, from the top to the bottom, and, and Coach Harrell and his coaching, uh, I've been so impressed. You know, eight shutout quarters in the last three games which just shows you that this defense is completely better than it's been in the past. Got a tougher task coming up this weekend uh, with the Memphis Tigers, Kevin. I don't know how much you've dove into Memphis, but talk about a schizophrenic team. They have you know, lost games to that Temple team we just saw. They lost to Tulsa, but they have beaten teams such as Mississippi State and then just knocked off SMU. They're really good at home, 30-3 and overall in their last 33 games at home there at the Liberty Bowl. So you just don't know what you're going to get from this Memphis team. What we do know is that East Carolina has shown they can go on the road against American competition and hang tough. Uh, and, and unfortunately, we're not able to pull out the wins against UCF and Houston, but they've been a, in a position to do so and are looking to do the same when they take on Memphis this weekend. Yeah, they're just such an odd team. I mean, you know, looking at it, I think they won three, then lost three, then they won one and lost one, 
and won one and lost one, <laughs> and most recently, and most recently they won one. So guess what should happen next? Let's hope that trend continues, right, Kevin? <laughs> exactly. So you know, it, it's just you know, Seth Hannigan, the quarterback, is a is a talented kid. I think he's got twenty five touchdowns, uh, five interceptions, something like that. Uh, you know, over twenty five hundred yards passing. Calvin Austin is one of the top wide receivers in the conference uh, with close to a thousand through nine games, which is you know beyond impressive. Uh, so they they've got the ability to do it. Their run game, their top running back is averaging almost six yards a carry. Uh, so offensively, scoring thirty one points a game. The problem I think has been defense. And defense are giving up some points. You know, over thirty over thirty a game. Uh, you know, they're giving up some yards. Uh, over 400 yards a game. So there's there's some opportunity there for the Pirates to move the football, score some points. As you said, they play much better at home than they have on the road. Um, so, you know, it, who knows which, which Memphis team we'll see, but we have to expect it'll be a good one. Kevin, this matchup also reminds me of just how tough it is to have some consistency for these American teams. I mean, you think about the – the matchups with Memphis, and, and I go back to like the D'Angelo Williams days, and he had some big games on the ground against East Carolina where their program at the time was ahead of ours. And then a few short years later, Chris Johnson was putting up 300-plus all-purpose yards against a bad Memphis team, and ECU was blowing them out in the Liberty Bowl. And just so many uh, ups and downs and ebbs and flows, and uh, I think that, that Memphis is a good example of that. And the last two weeks have been a good example of that. Temple, um, who was at the top of the conference for a while, uh, just uh, a few short years ago. South Florida had a great run with uh, Quentin Flowers, Willie Taggart there uh, as the coach. So it is just so tough for these teams to get good. Uh, they can get good, Kevin. It's tough to stay good, right? That's exactly right. Staying good has been the issue. I mean, when I was playing football, Cincinnati was a was a doormat in the conference. Yeah. This was a door, was a, was a doormat in the conference. These teams we used to beat routinely, uh, and now over the last several years, Cincinnati's been so good. Memphis has been good. I don't think they're having a down period right now, but these teams have been good in the past. And so uh, to see you know the Houston's of the world and the Cincinnati's of the world and Memphis's and UCF's all playing so much better than they played in the past in the Conference USA days is impressive. Uh, but you know, a coach coach leaves here or there. Uh, things happen, conference changes, realignment changes, and all of a sudden these teams fall off. And so uh, that's what the, the Pirates have faced. You know, they, the, the Pirates win all these seasons. You know, my five years at East Carolina, we averaged seven wins a season, went to a bowl game almost every year. And, and the, the subsequent years after that was very similar. So to see us go six straight years of losing football and no bowl games is something I thought we'd never see. I thought we'd gotten over the hump and we'd at least go to bowl games every year. So uh, to get on top and stay on top, uh, to be competing for conference championships every year is something that I think every team in the conference wants to get to, but it's so hard to do that. Yeah, Kevin, and the the bowl conversation is obviously something we hit on just about every day here on the show. And, and A, we're close to getting that sixth win, but B, it just hasn't happened in so long. We're excited about it. And uh, Mike Houston was asked uh, by Troy earlier this week about, you know, is that part of the rallying cry part of the the motivational speech uh to the team to get that sixth win and mike houston of course said no it's not i mean i get it he doesn't want to put any added pressure on him but when we have bruce bivens in studio on monday i mean this is a guy that's been around for so long put in the work went to practice 
had the uh the bumps and bruises over the years and heck yeah he's thinking about a bowl that's about all he's thinking about right now is getting that sixth win Holden Aylers has been talking about it since uh the offseason so it, it's on these players minds Mike Houston is trying not to make that the entire focus Kevin but these guys know what's at stake here these last three weeks and uh are going to do all they can to get East Carolina finally back in the bowl game it's a huge deal and and, and the, the biggest part of it is this an extra month of practice, right? The season doesn't end yeah. at the end of Thanksgiving, right? You get to go out there till the end of December, early January, depending on the bowling game you go to, and keep practicing. And so that's that's huge for the for the rookies, for the freshmen, for the guys that didn't play this year, that want to play next year. It's that extra practice time. And then for the prospects, the guys that you're recruiting, you know, those guys want to see your team in a bowl game. They don't want to go to a team that can't go to a bowl game or win a bowl game. And so for all those reasons, uh, it's a big deal. And then you go to the current players that play a lot that are seniors or, or underclassmen that just haven't been there and want to go and want to win one. So, you know, the, the Bivens and the, the Holt Nagels that you're talking about, those guys deserve the opportunity. They put in the blood, sweat, and tears into this program, and it just hasn't been attainable over the last six years. So for all those reasons, bowl games are important. And honestly, it doesn't matter which one you go to. You just got to get to one. And, and with three games being left, it's scary because – Memphis is a solid team, so you're going there. You don't know how that one's going to go. Navy, are they beatable? Absolutely, but they have that crazy offense that they run, and so you could easily go up in there and not be able to tackle those running backs and come out of there with a loss, and then we all know what Cincinnati can do. So these last three games, none of them are a gimme. You can win all of them or you can lose all of them. Yeah, and it has been a, a narrow, thin margin for East Carolina in just about every game, except last week, Kevin. I asked Jeff uh, about this yesterday. I'll ask you, uh, I, you probably used up all your filler material while you were waiting for that Houston game to kick off, but what was it like for you to have one that you didn't have to stress out for for 60 minutes on Saturday? I didn't know what to think. <laughs> it's unbelievable. We, we've gone all these seasons where we've been the doormat. I mean, how many times over the last few years were we everybody's homecoming game? Yeah. Uh, you know, you go on the road and, and people are coming in town to celebrate because you're there. So uh, it's just been bad. So they have the opportunity to, to beat somebody. And, and honestly, this what you know, I think the Pirates were favored by a couple touchdowns. They certainly weren't favored by 42 points. So to, to beat somebody even even worse than what the prognosticator said you should uh, is a big deal. It's something that the Pirates can, can pump their chest about, uh, beat their chest about, pump their chest out. It's just, it's just fun. It's exciting. And to know – uh, that not only when you when you play somebody you should beat, you beat them the way you should beat them is a good feeling. Because that's not the feeling they had against Charleston Southern. So it's, it's great they showed up against Temple. Kevin Monroe joining us. Kevin, uh, you mentioned after the win over South Florida, you know, tough conditions. It was cold. It was raining. And, and you said Holden Aylers was throwing some of the best balls you've seen all year. You turn around the next week, and I guess it's more of a, a wind game than a rain game. Uh, but not, you know, great conditions out there. And Aylers, well, he had a, a bad pick, but pretty economical in his 16 to 24, 197, and three big touchdowns. So three touchdowns to one interception. Uh, the, the completion percentage, okay, not fantastic, but uh, still a good game from the quarterback. And that's back to back games and not so great weather conditions where he's played pretty well. What have you seen from the, uh, the quarterback these last two weeks? You know, I've been happy because I feel like he's. He's keeping the team moving down the field. He's moving the chains. And, and we talk about it every week. Is Do what you have to do to get first down. If that means run the football, then run it. If that means check down and make the throws to the running backs or the tight ends, then do that. Don't try to make the big play every play. And, and, and don't, find, don't get yourself sacked when you don't need to take sacks. So I feel like he's been doing that. 
We don't need him to throw for three or 400 yards a game. We have two really good running backs that can play and get yards. And so we just need him to keep the chains moving. And I think he's, he's starting to see that. He's starting to figure that out. And he's been very efficient these last couple of weeks. Kevin, uh, Ryan Jones getting involved. It seems like there's a new hero every week on the ECU offensive side. Rajay Harris had 100 yards against South Florida. You turn around, Keaton Mitchell has the big game uh, against Temple. So it's great to see different guys step up every week. And uh, we, we had some uh, some record-breaking numbers from the tight ends. Three touchdowns between the two tight ends, Ryan Jones and Shane Calhoun. Ryan Jones goes over 100 yards. So big day for those guys last Saturday. I think every Pirate fan, you know, over the years, we've had so many good tight ends, you know, going back even before Luke Fisher, there's just always been a really good tight end at East Carolina. And then at some point you kind of go through that spread offensive phase and the tight ends kind of get phased out of football. And it's just been a a while. I mean, Bryce obviously was a really good one, but it's just been a while since we've consistently had tight ends that we could count on. And so I think everybody's so excited to see a good tight end or, or multiple good tight ends back in the program. And, Ryan Jones, I mean, I think that kid's unbelievable because he's he's big enough to be a tight end, but he plays like a wide receiver. Uh, he can catch. He can run. They run him on the jet sweep and end around. He's fast enough to make that happen. He can run over people. The only knock I have on him is he's had some issues holding on to the football, had a couple fumbles. As soon as he gets that, you know, out of his system, he's going to be a great, great player. I think he's got another year to play, so I'm so excited to have him. Calhoun, you know, maybe not as athletic, but catches the ball great with his hands has been very effective in the offense. And so I'm thrilled for those guys to get open over the middle of the field and make things easier on the quarterback. Kevin Monroe joining us. Kevin, before we let you go, unfortunately uh, your your Cowboys loss might have been overshadowed by the Jaguars beating the Bills, uh, the Titans hammering the Rams. But that was a shocker and big deal on Sunday. It was just a weird day, a weird week for the NFL. And uh, your Cowboys got involved in some of that weirdness. Yeah, it was it was bad. You know, honestly, I was super surprised that the Pir- that the Cowboys were able to beat the Vikings the week before without Dak. Uh, it was a conference game that was a huge win. This one out of conference AFC game, maybe they, put, they let their guard down a little bit. Dak looked very very rusty. He didn't look like himself. And so, on the overall scheme of things, it's not going to hurt the guys. I'd like to see what they look like coming out this week because you can't you got to follow that game up with a statement game. So we'll, we'll see what they look like against Atlanta. Kevin, always enjoy it, man. Have a good trip. Great call on Saturday, and we'll check in back with you soon and uh, talk more football with you, man. All right, Cliff. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. There's Kevin Monroe from the Pirates IMG Learfield Sports Network. He'll be on the call with The Voice coming up at noon on Saturday. We'll be with you bright and early, 8 a.m. Fired up for some more CD's Grill biscuits and sandwiches well we will be able to uh eat all that we can now that wes will not be here surely five do you know how many biscuits slash sandwiches wes had on saturday i believe somebody said five so he went three deep in the pregame he had one i want to say during the game uh-huh. and didn't he have one post game i think he had one post game uh, i was thinking no because i think he did four in the pregame he did one during the game and then post game we have our tiebreakers well he had an ecu burger and he had the ecu burger and ate it all and i said oh have you not ate it yet he had already eaten the ecu burger from tiebreakers oh my i mean he was having his own cds breakfast food eating competition wow and there was no competition 
I mean, I, I, I had I was, to ask because I was trying to mind my own business. But after about the, <laughs> after he was about trying the, to mind his own after business, after about the third time or fourth time that I looked over and he's munching on a biscuit. When those biscuit flakes are flying all over you, I was like, "How many is that for you?" He's and he just hold up because he was eating, he had a mouthful, <laughs> and he just held up the number four, and I said, "Wes, what in the world? They're good." <laughs> hey, look, he ain't lying about that. They were awesome. Hey, so. Look, sometimes when you find something that's really good, you just, <laughs> I guess it's like. I think Wes. You like, overindulge? Wes needs to be the next spokesperson for CD's Grill. <laughs> Hi, I'm Wes Hines, and I don't always eat five biscuits, but when I do, it's from CD's Grill. That was Saturday. He uh, produced the show on Friday. He was there on Friday morning, too. Yeah. He ate more CDs in a 36 hour time span than anyone in the history of the world and uh and good for him it was awesome food and we'll be munching on it coming up saturday before the game on the uh, bud light pregame tailgate all right i have breaking news it just came on my phone okay from the nfl app okay obj headed to the rams is that true okay i guess it should be now so uh we're gonna call this official and it's coming point? from ian rapaport who okay. was saying earlier that it it was down was on, to two right so, so obj to the rams that's good he's still on one of my rosters so kim, kim jones just texted that obj texted her and just with one word rams rams so yeah we're gonna take that to mean that's the team he's yes. going with all right let's uh take a time out come back when we return we'll continue on our bud light ecu report and here from the coordinators, uh, more Donnie Case and Blake Harrell as well. We're back with you after this. to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is sponsored by Signs and Tint, Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more. Visit Sign and Tint today at 801 Staten Road in Greenville or book an appointment online at signsandtint.com. Now, back to the show. UBE is an ECU tradition and has been for over 50 years. You can shop online anytime at piratewear.com. UBE has the biggest and best selection of ECU sportswear and accessories for pirates of all ages. Every day is game day at UBE. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right. Uh, thank you to all the veterans out there, and thank you to the Air Force for a nice second half to earn the cover in their game against South Dakota. South Dakota wins at 59-53. to 53. Air Force plus seven is a winner on Veterans Day. Uh, yay. Thank you, veterans. <laughs> um, every time I play the air guitar, I make the... Uh, I guess if I played a real guitar and I really got into it, like I make the face. You oh, yeah, like you got to you gotta do that. It's like a stink face almost. Like yeah, a, like yeah. you're smelling a... Like there's smoke coming from my... of Bryce Williams, what he said. Well, maybe... <laughs> maybe but like you, you take a big whiff and you're just like oh god but you're really it's kind of like that right? yeah 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 like oh. okay we got it we got it but do it one more time <laughs> <laughs> thank you all right <clears throat> moving along 
<laughs> Charlie, we heard a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of Donnie Kirkpatrick well. uh, earlier in terms of him talking to the media on Wednesday. Uh, let's hear a little bit more right now. Who else um, that got some playing time that we might not have seen before that stood out to you? I, I thought Isaiah uh, Foot, who, who had never played here. Okay, he's almost been gone on the field so many times, and we've told him so many times, you got to be ready to go. Okay, guys have gotten banged up, and on the sideline, we've told him, you're going. And then before they get a long drive or something happens, and the other guy recovers or gets the thing retaped or gets the brace readjusted, no, he's back, you're okay. You know, I know that's got to be frustrating. And I thought he did really good out there on the offense line. I know a lot of people probably weren't looking at the O line, and everybody's looking at the quarterback, which I get that, you know. But he did really good, and, and now he's jacked up. All, he looks like a different player this week, too, so we're really pleased with him because he, he's going to have a, a good career here, I think. You look at Memphis, uh, what do you see from those guys defensively? I know they always have athletes, but what do you think? Well, they do. Everybody in this league does. You know, it's a pretty good defensive league right now. So, you know, a little bit the offenses are not, not matching maybe the defense, which normally this league's been, you know, more of the arena ball type thing, I guess, reputation-wise. What they're, they're also the three-safety scheme that has kind of taken hold of this league a little bit. Uh, they're back and forth a little bit with that, though. Uh, they've got a lot of junior college players, so they're, they're, uh, they're experienced. They've got some older guys, even though they haven't been there. But they run well, really talented at linebacker. Uh, secondary really runs well. They're used to playing a fast-paced game, so uh, they've, had, they've had some really good games. And then they've had a few games where they've struggled. A lot of that's because of injury. And, and that's one thing, and it's like that at every level, maybe not as much if you're the elite. You have other guys that, to, to come in and step in. But they've had some games where they had three and four starters out on defense. And, boy, that affects you. Unfortunately, I don't think any of those guys are out this week. So they're all back. So we're expecting them to be at their best. So uh, they beat Mississippi State. They beat some good teams, you know what I'm saying, like that. And uh, they've uh, – beat SMU, who we all thought, you know, was going to run the table. Now they've hit Houston, they hit Memphis, so we're expecting them to be really good. I think also if you look at the thing, they've played really well at home. Their problems have been when they've been on the road, like at Temple. They didn't have, you know, what they would say would be a good game. But they've played really well at home. I think they have lost once at home, and they had, had a big lead when they had that, and I don't know what happened there. A lot of the coaches have not been to the Liberty Bowl. When was the last time you were at the Liberty Bowl, and what have you told them about that? Well, the Liberty Bowl, I don't know that they have. The last time I was at the Liberty Bowl, I guess, was the Liberty mm-hmm. Bowl game. And uh, was that the Arkansas game, Tom? When uh, coldest day in the history of life, I guess, it right? Was. And uh, we, we should have we won that game. I keep remembering the, the thing. and. And I know Ben Hartman is just who won so many games for us. You know what I'm saying? I feel so bad about that. I don't think Ben's been back yet. We got to get Ben back because obviously he won more games than he didn't win for us. But that was my last one. But we've talked about big stadium. Okay, I don't know. It's you know it's 11 o'clock game their time. I don't know if anybody will be awake or not over there at, at that time. They'll still be on Bill Street probably at 11 o'clock in the morning getting their way home. But uh, it's a good good atmosphere usually. It's a good place to play. We've had some good games there. We have two Liberty Bowls, but we've you know played Memphis. It's been a while since I've been over there, but uh, I know it's it's an exciting place. I like Memphis now. I'm excited about going. Russell, their Mike has been all over the field all year, really throughout his career. I think he's a redshirt senior. Yeah. Did you guys have anybody that y'all assigned during inside run period and team period to be him? So well, 
we, we have two different groups, and, and we do. We put them in those jerseys, the whole bit. Obviously, you better know where he's at out there. So we've had, we've had a couple of guys doing those assignments this, this week, and, uh, and they've done as good as they can. They, they didn't do as good as he does, it, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, too, or, you know, for the practices. But, yeah, he's outstanding. We, we, we really got a lot of things where we got to know where he's at. Fourth down this year, y'all been really good. Yeah. We've talked a lot about third down, but kind of think us through the headset when Coach Houston's like, all right, you know, we're looking at four down territory or how that maybe changes. Yeah, I say, I know I know that the percentage thing, I, I don't really look at it that much, but I've been told about it enough, so, and that's okay too, uh, that we're bad on third down. But we're, I think, I, somebody told me this, I didn't know that we're 11th in the country and fourth down. So I think you have to look at – there's not to come up with a new percentage the way the game's being played now with this new analytics or stuff. You're going to put it together third and fourth down. Now Now how do you rank? How are you doing? Because we're doing really well fourth down. Uh, Ryan McManus uh, kind of lets us know at the beginning of each series, and then he updates me and Coach Houston throughout the series what the analytics say. For example, he'll be saying uh, uh, third or uh, fourth and threes ago or fourth and this is a go. And so uh, then usually coach will make a comment on third down, you got two downs here. Uh, or he'll be like, you know, not saying anything, which then I know that. Now, that that always play out exactly right. But you do call the third down thinking like, well, if I get it to the fourth and whatever, he's going to let us go for it. Because I'm just in the mindset of we're going for it. I want to go for it. I got a fourth down you know, play. Got a game plan ready for that. So I'm just hoping we get to that uh, big. Now he, he makes some heck of calls. Now I got to give him that. Now I don't, he's made some really good decisions on this. So the other night it's uh, fourth and fifteen, and he goes, "What do you what do you want to do?" And I said, "Hell, I want to go for it." And he's like, "You're crazy." And I was like, "No, let's go for it." And he's like, "You better now make it. You got a good play." And I was like, "Got a great play." I was totally BSing it. No, nah, whatever. <laughs> and so then we line up, and he goes, "Do you like it?" Because he's going to call timeout, and I go, "Love it." Love it. And you know what? We did hit Audie, and he made it. We didn't hit him on time because somebody got beaten. Hope had to make it out there, so we made it a little bit challenging. But uh, it's a good moment there. You know what I'm saying? You live for those. So You guys seem to push the ball down the field a little more in that game, especially early. Is that yeah. something you caught on film against Temple, or did it just kind of happen? No, I, I think we've been consciously trying to do that. Uh, not that we weren't at the beginning of the season. I know a lot of people said we were not. We just didn't have time to throw it a couple of those times in, earlier in the season. I guess Appalachian, we had two post routes that we're trying to throw, and they're wide open. He just didn't get a chance to throw them. Uh, in that game, though, we definitely had seen that they were a little bit accessible to getting beat over the top. So uh, we had the plan, and it was kind of in the front, what I call the fringe area. Everybody talks about the red zone area. It wasn't in the red zone, but it was kind of the area before the red zone where we had seen that there were a couple opportunities. And, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with Ryan Jones, his ability kind of starting to show more and more as he's really starting to hit his groove. There were a couple things in that, that he got open on. And so they worked again. We were right on those. But, yeah, we consciously were trying to do that. We missed two deep throws early uh, that I really thought we should have hit, too. So we should have had more of those. We, we need those. We need, we need some more of those big plays. Finally, Keaton got another big play in the run game for us, too. So uh, we got to keep doing that. Donnie Kirkpatrick from uh, Wednesday night as uh, he talked pirate offense. We'll hear from 
Blake Harrell, and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live. We'll see if we can track down Mike Mullis. He's in a uh, he's in a real woe is me regarding his Packers right now. We'll uh, see if we can talk some football and more and hear from the defensive coordinator of the Pirates, Blake Harrell, to wrap up hour number two of Pirate Radio Live. Congrats to John Moody picking up his Free Beer Friday prize. John will be checking out the Pirates live in Myrtle Beach next week. Hopefully no spoilers. Enjoying some Bush Light Apple. We'll be uh, watching the Pirates here. We'll have a watch along in the Pirate Radio studios as the Pirates face the Sooners of Oklahoma. Can't wait. Fired up. It's been a while. Been a while. Been a while. Since we've had a uh, watch along. Yeah. And, Pirates uh, got to beat Canisius on Friday and Western Carolina on Sunday. So they can go into that thing 3-0 and and give us something to be excited about. Canisius uh, losing to Miami the other night only by 10. Yeah. I took the Hurricanes minus 15. Yeah. So I uh, don't know if I'll take Canisius or take the Pirates against Canisius Friday. We'll see. Take a timeout. Come back. Have more for you on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is sponsored by Signs and Tint, Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more. Visit Sign and Tint today at 801 Staten Road in Greenville or book an appointment online at signsandtint.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Touchdown. Tony Collins on the way at 5 o'clock. We'll also hear from Evan Barnes from the Memphis Commercial Appeal. He'll join us to talk about this Saturday's opponent. The Memphis Tigers will be with you 8 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Full day of coverage here Saturday pre- and post-game right here on Pirate Radio. Fifth quarter call-in show, uh, our earliest uh, one of the season coming up on a Saturday as well. Set out to the Fixed NC Live Line. We'll talk some football and life and all kinds of stuff with Mike Mullis. He joins us today. Mully, how you doing, man? Hey, good, brother. How are you? Good. I know you're devastated that uh, the Packers didn't get Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he is signing with the Los, An- the Los Angeles Rams. And if there's one thing that the Packers needed right now, it's uh, it's Odell, right? So, sorry you didn't land him. Hey, let me tell you something. That would have been my death. I, <laughs> and, and it just continues the tradition of unpacker-like things that are continuing to happen. So, I... You know, wish Odell the best. I will be curious to see if there's a resurgence there. And I'll be honest with you, man, I thought the perfect landing spot, because we've seen this so many times with Bill Belichick, was uh, him go to the Patriots and, uh, you know, find some treads still left on the tires. But I guess, you know, money talks, and and I'm I'm sure that's ultimately what it comes down to. Well, Molly, you you gave me a hard time for being woe as me about the Braves when they lost game three to the Dodgers in that series. And – you sent me, you know, message after message when the Braves would win. Braves stink. Braves ain't no good. You know, rubbing it in my face that they were actually pretty good. You, you're going off the deep end here on the Packers. You've had this run of success with Favre and Rodgers, and you watched Jordan Love the other day, 
he he stinks. You, you're out on Rodgers. You you even said your your team is turning into the Washington football team. I mean, do you really believe all that junk you're saying right now? First off, I think you would need to uh, – we would need some proof in court that, that exactly how these things were said in what context. I got it right here, so I'm fine with that. I'll contact my lawyers. No, no, number one, uh, yes, I am very disappointed in – I'm a big culture guy, you know, and, and that's what has been the bedrock of what the Packers have done forever is their culture. And that's – everything they're doing now seems to be so countercultural for one player – uh, you know, to try to appease Aaron Rodgers and then the things he's doing are going further against what they're all about, knowing that the guy's going to be gone. Now, the comment about the Washington football team is this. Remember, pre-Brett Favre, the Packers were brutal. Well, that's the problem. I don't. I, I So, I remember the magic man. Was it Don? And, and that, what's his name? Tom Mikowski. Yeah. I remember him sort of, kind of, but I, I really started following during the Favre era. I don't remember really the pre-Favre Packers. But, well, but much like and what I'm saying in reference to the Washington football team, uh, the parallels are there. They've got a proud history. Yeah, uh, they've just been, you know, they've just been in a in a in a drought. And to me, nothing's more countercultural than what Dan Snyder's done to that organization. Yeah. And I feel like that. I feel like that's a lot where my Packers are going. It, it, it concerns me, but at the same time, um, it's a different day. I get that. I, I just know that. And I remember you asking me after Jordan Love was drafted, and I, I kind of took the high road. I was like, you know, for them to do what they did to trade up to get him, he. I, although I didn't see him play in college, nobody did. I don't even know where you'd watch Utah State, but you, you know, you go. Well, he must be a great athlete. They must feel like there's some upside. People keep saying, and, and, and my you know buddies of mine will go, well, man, go easy on him, Molly. That's his first game. His first, well, he's had playing time, and he's been in the league for three years. This isn't like he was just drafted. Yeah, I, I just think he's so far behind where they need him to be developmentally. I mean, he doesn't even look to me to be a suitable backup. Obviously, there's nowhere to go but up for him to you know for him to get better. But he's he's pretty bad. Uh, you know, is is that him? Like, how much is it? <laughs> Can we blame Aaron Rodgers for that too? Stunning the growth of Jordan Love, or is that more on him? No, look, he's a professional athlete. Yeah, he's got to take that on himself. He's got coaches. He gets a chance. I mean, he gets front row front row seats to watch uh, arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and definitely one of the greatest quarterbacks of our time. Uh, you get just by watching that, you would think there would be. Uh, some amount of learning that would take place that would, you know, you would just get better by, you know, by, by association. So I, I but, um, you know, I don't know. He's just, a, he, he didn't seem, nothing he did seem to give me any optimism for his upside. He, he, he was a step slow everywhere. He just, I don't, it was just nothing good. Hey, Packers got the cover. That's all that matters to some. Mully, uh, yeah. Chandler knows uh, you're ready to rain on his Cam Newton parade. Any thoughts on that signing today? No, quite honestly, I, I thought about him as soon as I saw that with Cam, and I figured, you know, it, it, that's going to be – that's a somewhat polarizing move. Uh, I, the, 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 the reason it works is because the quarterback room for the Panthers is absolutely pitiful. And there's at least some um, warm and fuzzies as it relates to 
some folks in Carolina, but but also let's remember that Cam hasn't really been very good for a while. Uh, so you know, we'll see what happens. I I think it's interesting. I think it's a kind of a cool deal, and it could be a uh, 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 you know some type of Disney movie maybe one day. But well, uh, that, but, that, you know, he's got to get out there and do it. That's what I I mean. I feel like it's more of a you know the Panthers fan base is starting to turn on the new ownership. I don't know about the new GM yet, but the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the personnel, the quarterbacks they've put out there. So it's like a Hey fans, we're it's, it feels like fan service. Chandler, question for you though: Can I mean, could Cam Newton and you're a you're a Cam boy? Could he yeah. tarnish his legacy with poor performance in 2021? Or at this point, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I don't have many high expectations for. And him. I've thought about that all day long since his signing. About <laughs> if he comes in here and just absolutely. What we saw in New England with him. I mean, the last time we saw Cam Newton on the field in the NFL, it was absolutely atrocious. He's thrown for like 115 yards. It it was absolutely disgusting what we saw, and hopefully that doesn't translate here to Carolina. And if it does, really, I mean, it really will put a damper on on his legacy. I don't know. Um, We'll see. Uh, I think fans are just so happy to have him back. I think the, the season that we had in 2015, his MVP year, the years prior to that and the years a little bit after, um, I think he'll still have his name somewhere in Bank of America Stadium. It has got a lot of pressure on Cam Newton and the franchise to see how he performs. I think he is washed. I think he's done. <laughs> I do too. I, I, Mully, mean, I think, but Molly, I think this is great from today until next Saturday because PJ Walker's playing this Sunday. Yes. I think this is awesome until he actually has to get on the field and we see how rusty he is. Here's here's what I would say, and Chandler, you're way more of a uh, diehard Packers uh, Panthers fan, maybe than most anybody I know. And, and I can't understand how somebody that's so died in the wool for the Panthers can cheer for Cam Newton after the singular play in the Super Bowl where he quote unquote hmm. makes a business decision and it doesn't you know doesn't give itself up in the super bowl yeah. i get it if it's game 1 or the preseason but at that point that's how i don't understand how any carolina panther fan can cheer for the guy he, he i mean clearly now look maybe he's changed and things I, I don't know but all i can think of when i think of cam newton it's not the crazy outfits it's not the great seasons it's not the incredible athletic ability it's the one play in the super bowl that seemed to me to just change the whole current for where the Panthers were going. I mean, yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, look, and I think about that a lot. And But what I think about more is the dives into the end zone, the many dives into the end zone, risking his body, uh, trying to get a touchdown for the Panthers over the years and, and, and getting beat up his whole career in Carolina. That's what I think about, and not that one play. I think that's – that's uh, look, it, you, you can make an argument for your perspective or belief of Cam Newton. If you want to go the one route, you can go to the Super Bowl play, which definitely happened. And a lot of people think about that one play. And, and, as and, they I, should. and I know why, and they should. But, Absolutely. but you also, if you want to go on the other side, can excite what Chandler just did and all the flips into the end zone and giving up the body and, and all that stuff, Molly. So. Yeah, no, and I think that's what makes that play in the Super Bowl that much more egregious. Right. I just, you know, to me, to me, any one play in the Super Bowl is magnified times, yeah. you know, a thousand over any play that happens in a regular season football game. And 
you know, some of the knock has been the showiness or whatever. Listen, I, I'm, I'm kind of past that. That's what that's the generation we live in. It's in every sport. So, hey, celebrate, have a good time. But at the same time, when the spotlight is on you, that is when you've got to do it. And the spotlight never shines brighter for an NFL quarterback than in a tight Super Bowl game. Uh, hey, to come out. how about the John Elway helicopter, Molly? We'll always remember that one, right? Yeah. I mean, how, you know, when it, it coming out, I mean, I remember John Riggins, you know, dives with the Redskins. I mean, I, you know, there's been so many different uh, iconic moments that, that cement your legacy. This just happens to be the wrong way. Hey, John Riggins had a mohawk and green hair and an afro. He was out there, Molly. Just want to point that out. He wore crazy clothes. No question. <laughs> I, again, I don't. None of that bothers me. Yeah. The, uh, you know, it's not cocky. It's confidence if you back it up. Mike Mullis joining us on the Fixed yep. NC Live Line. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, let's see. Redbeard says, <laughs> you know where this is going, Chandler. What's the point of playing in the NFL to win the Super Bowl or to flip in the end zone in Week Five? <laughs> Well, look, those end zone dives, that's how you get to the Super Bowl. I get that. So you've given your body up. You've done all these things you want credit for. And now you're in the ultimate team goal situation. I get it. You, you know, you throw, your, you throw your purse at it. It doesn't make any sense. I get it. <laughs> Molly, uh, what else? What do you think about the Pirates' chances going to Memphis on Saturday, coming off a uh, dominant defensive effort against Temple? Man, I, I mean, you got to be excited about it. I mean, I, I like where the team's at, man. I, I, it's again, it's been a roller coaster ride with these cats. But I had a, a friend of mine call me, a, a Wake Forest guy, call me today, and he was like, "Man, how about the Pirates?" And I, you know, it, it, it's kind of, of course, he's a Wake Forest guy, so it's kind of like, you know, I don't know if he's calling me for me to say, "How about the Deacons?" But it was, <laughs> you know, one of those things where. Uh, you know, hey, nobody's called you and said, how about the Pirates in a long time, Molly? I'll say that. No, and it, well, no, except for baseball. And, the, you know, right. the, the, and the, uh, you know, the expectation is if the Pirates get pummeled, nobody says, wow, the Pirates got smoked. When the Pirates smoke somebody, yeah. it's like, wait, hey, wait a minute, let's pay attention to this. Yeah, it's exciting. Look, we hadn't been this excited this late in the season in a long, long time, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, ECU trying to get win number six when they take on Memphis coming up. On Saturday, we'll talk more about that one uh, coming up in a moment with Evan Barnes from the Memphis Commercial Appeal. Uh, what else, Molly? Anything else you're following in sports? You watched the college basketball game yet? Yeah, I did. I, I, I right. flipped around a little bit the other night and saw, you know, that that freshman, the reclassified freshman from Duke is a, a man-child. Uh, yeah. But, I, you know, I, I will tell you, man, it's, I, it's just interesting to me where, you know, they – these different teams will roll five guys out there, and they're all, you know, transfers from other four-year schools. It's just, man, it's it's, it's different. It's definitely different. But, um, you know, it's the uh, it's the state of the union. That it is, and it, it's going on everywhere, uh, all across the country. You've got very few teams that uh, have returners on their their squad. It's a lot of new faces, uh, including right here at East Carolina. Molly, thanks for joining us for a few minutes today. Have a uh, great rest of your week, and we'll talk again soon, man. Yeah, Chandler, congratulations. Uh, that's camtastic for you. I hope you uh, enjoy the lead up, and, and we'll all be watching with uh, curiosity, kind of like a train wreck. Okay. All right. <laughs> thanks, Molly. 
You can back me up though, Clip. See you, Clip. See you, Molly. But you can back me up. Like I've, I'm excited to have him back, and I'm my heart is full. But I'm not excited about the potential performance that we're going to see. Well, that's why I asked you the legacy question because my answer to that question would be, it it can't be tarnished because I have no expectations for Cam to be good this year. To be honest with you, that, I mean that's how I would answer right. that. There is no pressure because we expect him to to be what we saw in new england but but what if he if he's old and does stink i mean think about these quarterbacks that in fact let's uh let's table this because i want to talk about it with tony collins but think about uh even uh shirley's uh boyfriend dan marino what was the score of that last playoff game between the jaguars what did they hit 70 Let's see, Jaguars-Dolphins playoff game, 1999. Marino went out 62-7. to That's not all his fault, but that's how he went out. Peyton Manning went out on top, but did not look good doing so. He did not have a good final year. So these guys, man, they, they, they just fall off a cliff. I mean, Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball over 12 yeah. yards his last year. Right. So, you know, what, what does Cam Newton have left? And he's not – I don't – He's not as old as these guys were, but the, the tread on the tires, taking all those hits, running the football, that kind of sped up his aging process as an NFL quarterback. And so. he, br- he brought the most excitement to Charlotte that we've seen since That's why I think this is great, but I think the memories of Cam, this is, I, I compared to wrestling a lot. It's like the last ride. When, uh, like, when Goldberg and Undertaker get back in the ring, oh, this is great. And then you see them and they're all sluggish and slow. I think the memories of Cam might be better than what you see next week with Cam when he's on the field. Yeah, and like I said, I'd like to warn Panthers fans about that beforehand. And like I said earlier, I mean, when he was released in February of 2020, you know, all Panther fans, including myself, hoped to see him in a Carolina Panther uniform at least one more time. I think this is it. And I told you off the air earlier before the show, I believe that this will be his last shot at the NFL, and hopefully. It's going to be with the Carolina Panthers, where he started, where he had his most fame. Obviously, wasn't in New England, but I mean, I think this is going to be his last ride. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, I don't think his legacy will be tarnished at all. You know what we're Panthers. due for? We're due for that Washington defense from last year to finally show up in 2021. And in his career with an injury, it's gonna. Ha- I didn't say that just saying chase young montez sweat jonathan allen well, you're gonna sack have, them eight times you're gonna have week. a field day yeah because this might be the worst if not the worst offense line you'll face all year well we can send them out uh send them out one final time maybe coming up next week all right let's uh take a break we'll come back when we return touchdown tony collins in the house we'll also talk to evan barnes from the memphis commercial appeal it's all ahead on hour three of pirate radio live and we'll make you a winner a lot more to go we're back after this you're listening to hour three of pirate radio live 
save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, explore your poor while watching the Pirates and the Tigers this Saturday at Emporium on Dickinson Avenue. Emporium has 52 self-pour taps with the best variety of beer anywhere. And this Saturday, the ECU game will be on the inside and outside TVs. Plus, starting at noon, the last call pizza food truck will be on site. Emporium on Dickinson Avenue and on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. I did some trivia, hosted trivia at Emporium for the young professionals of Pitt County last week. Chandler was alongside as my uh, assistant slash security if things got out of control. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> but he, uh, what are you laughing at, Tony? You think Chandler's up for the job? Wow. He couldn't handle the guy yesterday, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Peanut Butter Guy. We had an incident outside. <laughs> yes, we did. But um, Chandler enjoyed uh, some of the selection, and they got a great TV setup uh, yes, to watch games. So go check out the Pirates there on Saturday. Touchdown, Tony Collins is with us. In Hello, Tony. How you doing, man? Doing fantastic. Good to see you. We'll talk uh, a lot of NFL news today. Yeah. We'll dive into that. Uh, we'll talk some pirates, but right now we'll head out to the Fixed NC Live line and talk to Evan Barnes from the Memphis Commercial Appeal. We'll get to know our opponent coming up on Saturday. Evan, welcome to the show. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, sir. We appreciate it. And uh, Evan, I, I got to ask, you know, we just saw Temple at uh, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium last week. Pirates with uh, their first and only blowout of the year thus far as they went at 45-3. to so how does a team like Memphis, you know, beat Mississippi State, beat SMU like they did a week ago, and lose that game to Temple? They also lose on the road at Tulsa. You know, this uh, I've been describing Memphis as a little schizophrenic, Evan. So you've been watching them up close and personal. Uh, how do you describe this Memphis football team? If I had to use one word, it would probably be just uh, one word. I'd say inconsistent, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, again, when the year started, I mean, people expected this team to probably be, you know, 7-5, and 8-4. and four. And when you have a freshman quarterback, you know, there's going to be ups and downs with that. But uh, some of the other issues that this team has had has been the defense has, has struggled at times. The kicking game has been just absolutely awful. Um, and all those things have, have plagued Memphis a little bit. And now it seems like they've kind of turned it around with beating SMU. But, again, I think uh, ECU beating Temple has, has has made people look up a little bit and realize that, hey, Saturday is not going to be an easy game. But this team, it's been a strange season, um, starting from what, you know, the quarterback battle, you know, basically ending because of an injury. And now here we are in November where Memphis can get to a bowl, a bowl eligible for an eighth straight year. So it's been, a, it's been a weird year, but here we are. And one thing, Evan, about Memphis, they're good at home. I think the stat went back to – 2017 but whatever it is the last 33 home games memphis 30 and 3 overall so they have took care of business there at the liberty bowl that's where they'll have the pirates coming up this week so uh whatever it is uh you know they've been a lot better it seems like at home than they have on the road evan definitely the liberty bowl has been a great place for memphis since 
since 2017, obviously UTSA ended their their uh, home winning streak, but they found a way to just kind of turn up their 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 level of play at home, and SMU found that out where they just didn't come ready to play, and and Memphis just kind of punched them in the mouth. So I think the the home advantage has been great for them, and it's really kind of helped you know a team where you have you know an all freshman backfield, a team that's had to play a lot of freshmen due to injuries and stuff. It's really kind of helped them get comfortable, and so I think that's what makes it just such a uh, a tough place to play, and when the crowd's going, and when they're they're feeling it, you know, it makes it even harder. Evan, uh, any chance of a look ahead? I mean, you you got two teams right now going for a win number six to get to a bowl game, so that carrot is on the end of the stick for these teams. But how about maybe looking ahead to Houston, a ranked opponent next week? Any any worry of that from Memphis folks as they head into this East Carolina game? Not at all, because I think that just with the way this team has struggled. Um, they have losses to Temple and Tulsa. I don't think anyone is looking past anybody just because they, if they had done that for Tulsa or Temple, they got punched in the mouth and realized, hey, they can't do that. They did it for UTSA. They got humbled really quickly. So I don't think anyone's looking ahead to Houston because, to be perfectly honest, Memphis has not been great on the road this year. And so I think this game has a lot of importance because, one, you win this game, you're bowl eligible, which kind of – gives you something to look forward to. And so I think that's kind of what is driving some of the conversation here is that, Hey, they want to get to another, another bowl game. And the only, and the, the best chance you can do that is take care of business on Saturday. So I don't think Houston's uh, in anyone's mind right now. Evan, uh, let's talk about some of the weapons on offense. Memphis has a ton of guys playing running back in the NFL, including, for my uh, Washington football team and Antonio Gibson, who actually was a receiver there at Memphis. So we know uh, about the history of the Memphis running backs. How about this, uh, the backfield this year? And also I'm hearing a ton about Calvin Austin at wide receiver, who's just put up some monster numbers this year, 65 catches. He is 11 yards short of a thousand eight touchdowns for Austin this year. So how about the main weapons we'll see uh, for the Tigers on Saturday? Well, you started off. I mean, Calvin Austin is going to be the one to watch. I mean, he's he's been carrying the offense in terms of just being a great downfield threat. He's improved as a as a pass catcher, and so he will definitely be the one player that ECU, I'm sure, is targeting and making sure that he does not have a big day. And then you also have to count for uh, tight end Sean Dykes, who's been here now since 2016. He's been a factor since 2017, and he's still been reliable, great hand, can stretch the field. Um, moves very well, even though he's a tight end. So he's obviously someone who's going to spread this offense a little bit. Um, and the running backs, I mean, uh, it's been a very interesting year for the running backs because when the year started, Brandon Thomas was getting a lot of attention, uh, retro freshman running back, but he's kind of, you know, struggled a little bit. And so now we're going to see if he's going to play on Saturday because he, he missed last week's game against SMU. So we're not sure what his status is. It's a game-time decision. So uh, Memphis could probably throw out um, Rodriguez Clark, who has been um, reliable since 2020 when he was the number one running back. Um, they could see a few other guys in there step up. But I would say the keys for, for this offense, besides quarterback Satanic, would be Austin, Dykes. And if Brandon Thomas plays, he definitely gives some punch. But I would say Austin and Dykes right now, and Javon Ivory, I should add, who's been a, a strong number two receiver. Um, I think those are the three guys you definitely have to watch for on this offense right now. Evan, before we let you go, uh, how about the Tigers' defense? The Pirates have had 100-yard uh, rushers in back-to-back games, and they've been the two different running backs. East Carolina 
goes with a 1A, 1B set at running back with Rajay Harris and Keaton Mitchell. So, you know, the Pirates want to come out, run the football to set up the pass. Uh, will they be able to do that against this Memphis defense? How about that D-line from the Tigers? Well, it's going to be interesting because Memphis has one of their strengths has been being able to stop the run a little bit better. But the last time they faced, you know, a team that was run heavy was UCF. And UCF was able to run around on them. Uh, same thing with Tulsa, too. Tulsa was able to run the ball very well. Now, Navy was a little bit different because this is obviously not the same Navy teams that we're used to seeing. Um, so Memphis was able to kind of slow them down a little bit. But I'll be curious to see how Memphis can handle a team that, again, likes to run. Like obviously, you know, you know, do as you said, you know, establish that. I want to see what Memphis can do because their secondary was much better against SMU, and if that can hold, then I think they'll be in good shape. But again, I I really want to see how they handle a team with, you know, I I thought it was just one fall running back and, and Keaton Mitchell, but it sounds like there's two. So um, that would be really key to see how they handle um, that front because really they haven't been that physical up front in most of these games um, until recently. And I think this presents a good test, so we'll see how that goes. Evan, great stuff, man. We appreciate you joining us. You can follow Evan on Twitter at Evan underscore B, and there it says you cover Memphis football and also are the interim Grizzlies reporter. Uh, did you see my Charlotte Hornets last night? Take on the Grizz. Were you at that game, Evan? <laughs> I was. It was a, it was a fun game. Uh, Shouts to get Kelly Oubre Jr. His, yeah. his, uh, his great game off the bench, but uh, – the Grizzlies weren't ready in that one, it seems like. And they definitely uh, were – it was surprising to a lot of people, I think. But uh, definitely was a fun game. Those Hornets are a fun team. Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball, yeah. uh, two really good players. So hopefully we can see more Grizzlies-Hornets games in the future where – two young teams get a chance to kind of grow against each other. No doubt a fun game, and uh, Hornets needed that one, uh, the final game of a road trip, and were able to win it last night at Memphis. Evan, uh, enjoy the game Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you again down the road when East Carolina and Memphis meet up. Thank you so much. You guys take care. All right, have a good one. There is Evan Barnes joining us today on the Fixed NC Live line. Tony Collins, Pirates, a five-and-a-half-point underdog to Memphis, which uh, Pirates getting some respect. It's it's just great to see them winning games, being in tough games like they were against UCF and Houston. You just want to see them close one of these games out on the road. And look, they got an opportunity to do it on Saturday. They've been playing pretty good, Tony Collins. I think we got an opportunity to run the tables, and I'll stop it right there. But, you know, I love watching the game last week. 45-3, to three, I mean, that's the kind of game you want to watch. That's like playing Elon, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got so your we, Elon we, game. <laughs> we, we need more games like that. I'm excited about the Pirates, how they're playing, man. The defense is playing well. Offense is is, is kind of clicking right now. So let's see what happens in I, Memphis. I mean, it's as much as football can change over years, Tony, it, it, Rick Smith will say it. It might get old because he says it so much, but – run the ball and, and play good defense and you'll win. That has been the formula, right? I mean, that's what they're doing. That's been the formula ever since I've played the game. <laughs> <laughs> you got a good running attack. You got a good defense. You got you got something on your hands. And I think what we're doing now is is fantastic, man. I uh, You know, it's been a long time since we've been 5-4. and four. 
Yeah. So, so first yeah. five win season since fifteen, it's and exciting. trying to get we, to the we, bowl game we, since fourteen. We, you know, we have an opportunity to win seven games this year. We we could win eight if you know we just go in and and just upset somebody. But you know, you just you just never know. Well, I stop there. You can win nine if you win your bowl game. I mean, <laughs> yeah, let's go yeah. all out for it, Tony. Uh, you were a part of some good teams here, but the bowl situation was different. What bowl? Refresh my memory. Did you go to? We a went bowl to game? the Independence Bowl down okay. in Louisiana. All right, that's the bowl that we went to, but. The, we, I mean, we were seven, four, uh, eight, and three, and we didn't go no bowls. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? And there was a team in the uh, the eighties, right? That was what nine and one or eight and two, eight wins, and didn't go to a bowl that's, or something. That's, and that's crazy. And now uh, we got five and seven teams going to a bowl. <laughs> so I guess everybody gets a ribbon. They got so many of them now. That's true. Yeah, they were had like seven bowls when Tony played. <laughs> Uh, but uh, was that a big deal? I mean, do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, it was a big deal for us, man. You know, we got to meet John Wayne and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing? Flipping a coin or I something? I don't know. I can't yeah. remember. But I know we met him. <laughs> the big banquet, man. He got some rings and stuff. And, you know, it was it was pretty cool. Who did you play, Tony? I had to pull uh, that Louisiana, one up. I think it was Louisiana Tech. I'm, I'm 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 almost positive it was Louisiana Tech. Okay, we're, we were down in their territory, so they were kind of the home team. Yeah, there. we whipped them up good. All right, that's <laughs> what I like to hear. Uh, East Carolina trying to get back to a bowl, the 1978 Independence Bowl. That's it. Let's look at this game, East Carolina, <laughs> uh, 35 to 13. Yeah, we put it on them. Pat Dye's team got the win. Anthony yeah. Collins <laughs> scored two touchdowns in the first half. Yeah. Leander Green had a touchdown run. Let's see who got the box was, score. Theodore Sutton ran the ball on him well. He, Theodore Sutton, 143 yards yeah. and a touchdown. And he's the fullback. Terry Gallagher, who calls in <laughs> on the fifth quarter. He's a great receiver. Three catches, yeah. 33 yards. That was a fun day for y'all. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and a good day for touchdown Tony Collins, getting in the end zone twice. Good stuff. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Man, uh, if you took a nap today, you missed a lot of NFL news. So we're going to catch you up on everything that happened there. We'll talk about Tony's Patriots, who just like Sir. the Pirates, are clicking at the three, right time. Three-game win streak, baby. Uh, we'll talk about that and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Also make you a winner when we return. Back with you after this. listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you one who's been waiting before trying CBD? Well, ENS Hemp is the area's leader in CBD, and they want to educate you on how their products work. Get relief from stress, anxiety, fatigue, pain, and PTSD today at ENS Hemp on Fire Tower Road near Sam Jones Barbecue or online at eshempcompany.com. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Brown. How many independents are we down to in college football now, Chandler? Notre Dame, BYU. BYU. Army, Army, and there might be like a random one like UMass or something. But back we were looking, looking at that '78 season. Yeah, UConn. Good grief! There are like 30 independents 
including East Carolina up there near the top with number four Penn State, who was eleven and one. Notre Dame had the same record as East Carolina, but they were seventh in the country. <laughs> but look at these independent schools back then. Florida State. Oh, Florida State was independent then? Pitt. Uh, South Carolina. Miami of Florida. Georgia Tech. Wow. Uh, Memphis State at the time, which they were called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were called that up until the 90s. I think Penny Hardaway, when he played, right. played for Memphis State, not Memphis uh cincinnati who's you know up there in the top of boston college west virginia so a different time tony collins Mm -hmm. back then uh when you were running the football for the pirates all right uh cam newton is a (laughs) carolina panther they just hit the reset button so uh he is back with his team mac (laughs) jones is firmly uh the quarterback of the now and the future for the patriots so uh when you when we talked to you about having cam in new england you were optimistic you thought he still had some in the tank how do you feel about him now well you know i'm i'm a i'm a cam newton fan anyway you know even when he played with carolina and um but you know cam's accuracy when he first got in the league wasn't that good and it's gotten worse so (laughs) (laughs) it's gotten worse it's definitely not good now (laughs) but uh and he's but what he did what he could do is run the football. Give you an option to run, but, but now can he do that? Yeah, but not like he he did when they took when he took him to the Super Bowl. But he's not that same guy, man. So you know, I, I I'm a Cam Newton fan, but I just think he he's a he's a good backup quarterback in in the league right now, and come in to help somebody out. But to start and take a team to a Super Bowl, forget about it. Come on, it's just it's it's different than like the NBA where an old guy can pick up like jason kidd was not a good shooter but he developed a three-point shot so when he lost his speed and all the stuff he could do he could camp out and hit threes like rajon rondo is still in the league because he can hit some threes now carmelo anthony carmelo anthony is just a a spot-up shooter uh who can't take anybody off the dribble anymore <laughs> he just sits up in the corner and says pass me he, the ball. he still tries though i was watching him the other night <laughs> hey give him credit for trying but in the nfl like you can't turn Michael Vick or Cam Newton or these like running quarterbacks into pocket passers. It just no, it's, it's, it doesn't it's, work. It's it's tough. You know, I I, I look at L- Lamar Jackson, the man, and he, this kid is just uh, just crazy, crazy great. And but the pounding that they take, it, it it's it's gonna wear down on him. It, I mean, you just can't you can't get around that. He's like a a quarterback running back. That, that's what he is. So he's he's taking the pounding that, that a running back takes. So you you can't last long in the league like that. And Cam Tim, Cam took some hits, man, when he was when he came in the league, and he's just not the same anymore. I mean, it's not it's not that he's not a great quarterback. He was a great quarterback, but he just doesn't have it anymore. Man, 20, 2012, I was talking junk to everybody, Tony Collins. We had the rookie of the year, Robert Griffin III, <laughs> running on people, throwing on people, and yeah. that ended yeah. very quickly. Really quickly. So, uh, And, hey, kudos to Lamar. He's still looking for his first playoff win, but he's going to get it. Uh, yeah. But but I just hope he can sustain this because he's so fun to watch. But. Yeah, I mean, Cam Newton went years running the, fall, uh, running the ball and taking hits and really didn't have that many injuries. Yeah. to start his career i mean he did have that uh car took wreck. a lot of hits though he had that car wreck in 2014 and only missed two games with a broken disc in his back but when he did have that 
foot injury in 2017 or whenever it was. He just really didn't know how to come back from it and uh, recover from that. And it, we, we've seen that in his performance. And then he had the shoulder. I mean, two of the things that you need as a running quarterback, <laughs> your foot and your shoulder. And uh, he hasn't really been able to recover from that. And you look at what Tom Brady is still doing in Tampa Bay, and it's incredible. And he's never been a runner. He could barely get out of the pocket. And that's uh, why he's still a quarterback. That's why he can still do what he does, because he hasn't taken the pounding that, that Cam has taken. Yeah, and uh, he, as long as he's got a decent O-line, he can still hum it down the field, uh, he has shown. so. And, uh, and your rookie quarterback, Tony, looking good, Mac Jones, the Patriots, I swear, I've like said the Patriots are done. Now, and I'm not just talking about this year. I'm saying like since 2000, probably 40, 45 times. And I've been proven wrong every time. And I was about ready to give up on Mac and the Patriots this year. And not so fast. Here they are again, playing defense, playing really like bully ball with Harris and the running backs. We are one free agent, one draft pick away from being a great team. What position? At wide receiver. Right. <laughs> Did you want Odell to? I definitely wanted him to It sounded like it might have been. I thought it was going to happen. Yeah. But, I mean, we're one player from a, from a, from a, from a great team. And once we get that and, and, you know, Belichick does what he does, you know, it's going to be hard to beat us because I'm going to tell you, man, the kid looks really, really good. I, I, I think he's going to be an a, a, a all-pro quarterback in this league real soon it stinks for him because he's going to be compared to brady but he looks like a young tom brady like at this point of his career he's better than tom brady was at this point you're right of his career yeah uh so yeah i the pay and look tony that you love nothing more than talking junk to bills fans how much fun (laughs) did you have last sunday your team wins the bills lose to the jaguars it was so exciting Hey, I had fun talking about the Cowboys on Sunday, so I'm with you. That was a know, weird right? day, right? No, can you? I, you know, that's one of the things that, that with 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 this with the NFL, man. On any given Sunday, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys true. playing at home. You got Denver coming in. I mean, who who is their quarterback? <laughs> hey, I mean, show some on. respect to Teddy Two Gloves, man. I mean, come on, man. No, nobody expected Denver to be cow- the Cowboys in Dallas. They were double-digit underdogs. The uh, Jaguars were double-digit underdogs. Yeah. Later that night, the Rams get smoked by the Titans as mm-hmm. seven-point favorites. So crazy, they are still, league. still. Uh, I think, like, the NFC is just – you got to like it. And the AFC yeah, is kind of open. Let's, let's go back to the Rams. The Rams yeah. are trying to build a dynasty right now. You see what you see? all the guys they're getting on their team? When did the NFL turn into the NBA? Like <laughs> – they have put together a super team with Von Miller and now Odell Beckham Jr. joining the roster today, and they are really—I don't know what—I don't know what the Bucks are going to look like next year or two years later, or the Rams. These teams that are kind of all in right now, they might go through some pains, but right now they are gunning for it, and, and credit to them. So, yeah. I don't know, man. The, the Beckham thing—we looked at his numbers. He was incredible his first three years, and since then has not done much at all, other than get hurt and his dad is putting together highlight <laughs> tapes of baker mayfield what are we doing so i don't know man if that's going to even you work know, out that, that was a bad situation for I, I don't know the whole story in that thing but you know it was it was bad blood in there and he he needed to get out and i think he did the right thing now, let me tell you uh Odell buckman is a is a great receiver i, I don't care what you what do you think what, what about him personally uh he could do a little bit better but he is a receiver that can help a team out 
Yeah, look, we uh, we were about ready to give up on Randy Moss right before he went to the Patriots <laughs> and had a record-breaking year almost, with Tom Brady. Almost had a perfect season. Yeah, and uh, ruined by those G-men. Freaking Giants. <laughs> All right, Tony Collins here inside the Pirate Radio Studios coming up tonight. Dolphins and Ravens. And I have said already this year you should put the Ravens in primetime just for Lamar Jackson to watch him because – he will fumble, and you will question <laughs> whether or not he should be a starter, and then he will throw for 300 and run for 150, and you'll give him the MVP all in one game. I know. I know. Somebody said, if, if they're losing 17-3, to three, oh, we're not worried. Bet on the Ravens live right then because they're going to win. 17-3. The Ravens are coming back. They might. They are one of the most fun teams to watch, and uh, unfortunately for Shirley, her Dolphins are awful. Oh, Shirley, I didn't know you were a Dolphin fan. She don't like to tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Not at she this point. She tries to hide it. <laughs> you know how you Long shout, I'm suffering. a Patriots fan? Shirley whispers it into uh-huh. But the crazy thing about it, you guys beat us this year. For, like the first game of the season. Yeah, that's our only win. Oh, no, wait. I take <laughs> that back. We've won win. two. We've won two all year. But, Unbelievable. Yeah. They got but the Patriots, it took us a long uh, time to get that second win. The Patriots <laughs> disciple and Brian Flores, I really thought, and, and maybe he still can be a good coach, but they have uh, they've taken Stuck. a weird turn this year. Yeah, it's so. going to be hard for them to beat uh, beat the Ravens tonight. Even though they're playing at home, it could be a good game. But you just, What do you think about the eight and a half, Tony? Uh, I mean, I, if I was a bad man, I, I would I – would, I would, I would take the I would take the uh, the Dolphins on that plus the points. Yeah, okay. Oh, look, yeah, tr- the trend in the NFL is take the underdog and you'll be all right. So we'll see if that continues tonight. All right, uh, Shirley, let's get uh, the booty bag opened up and make somebody a winner today. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, three one seven twelve fifty. We will make you a winner in the form of what today, Shirley? How about lunch for two at Tiebreakers? Oh man, good call there. They got lemon pepper wings. I went with them for the first time on Saturday, and they're good. You know, I. I have thought about doing the lemon pepper, but I do like the the mild wings. But I may give that a shot this weekend. Give it a shot. Okay. You won't be disappointed. 317-1250. What caller are we looking for? Uh, Let's go with uh, caller 10. Caller 10. 317-1250. Lunch for two at tiebreakers on the line. More with touchdown Tony Collins after this. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make some extra money and you can start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. 
And congratulations to Pam Odom of Winterville. Picked up lunch for two at Tiebreakers. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. And it's the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Alrighty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Touchdown, Tony Collins in the house. Um, Tony, one win away for East Carolina from getting that sixth win. Uh, let's go back to Troy's question to Mike Houston. Do we still have that, Shirley? Cut yes. three from this week. So you'll hear the whole question, Troy asking Mike Houston about how much of an emphasis he's putting on the getting the sixth win. So let's hear it. Coach, you guys said the team goals uh, before the season, you're on the verge of accomplishing one of those with one more win. How much do you guys talk about that this week as far as motivating the team to try and get to that accomplishment to be able to extend the season for post-game? How, you know, a lot of people are talking about that as fans and the media. What about with you and the team? How much is that being addressed right now? Zero. None. We're playing Memphis. That's it. All right, Tony. There it is. That was called long question, short answer. <laughs> Zero. Now, I, he's got to do that, right? Like, you can't, you can't keep adding pressure and pressure to your team. Now, we talked to the players on Monday. They're sure as hell talking about, hey, let's get this six win, go Are to you a bowl. kidding me? That's all they're talking about. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's a. But as Mike Houston prepares his team for Memphis, he's not adding in. Correct. You know. That. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going all through the locker room. It's going through the coaches' offices too, right? And, and why? And you know what? This is this is how I look at it. When you're believing for something, you know you you look at you look at what you're believing for, and you hope that you get it. I mean, you you I mean, you, if you're believing to, to go to a bowl game, and well, we're not going to look at it this week. We're not going to look at it this week. We're not going to look at it this week. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Come on, man. But he has to be pillow kitty Greg. You know, he's got to say what he's got to say. Yeah. But but the the bottom line is the the guys are looking forward to it. We haven't been in a bowl game in I don't know how many years yeah, now. Yeah, seven, 2014. Uh, so it, it, it's great for the guys. It's, it's a great atmosphere for them to, to, to go who, wherever they go. Who knows what, what bowl, bowl game they're going to go to. But, uh, of course, they're talking about it, and they should talk about it. We talked, uh, it was, uh, I believe, Rajay uh, off the air, like, as he was leaving. And uh, he said that, like, the, the buy-in of this team is great. Like, they're – and this is good, Tony. Like, they say this, but they're buddies. Like, they like each other. Yeah. You don't have to like your teammate, but yeah. it certainly helps, yeah. right? And yeah. I feel like Mike Houston's done a good job of that. The senior leaders, Holton, Bruce Bivens, Xavier Smith, have done a good job of that. And everybody's kind of all together in one. And – that can only it can't hurt you. I, I think it can only help you. Pat, Dye told me something uh, a long time ago. He said you 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 have to love your teammates, but you don't have to like them. <laughs> it's kind of like a family, right? <laughs> you gotta love them, but you don't have to like them because we all have different personalities. Yeah. But on that football field, you know, we're all all about one thing, and that's winning. So you know. And Tony, you've been a part of a lot of different locker rooms, right? Where. And I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for you, but have you been in a situation where you felt like everybody was together? And have you been in another situation where everybody was kind of for themselves? You know, I, I mean, I've been in different ones. I mean, my rookie season, 
I was in a situation where we were expecting. We're, we're in the locker room and we're expecting to lose. Yeah, you know, yeah, that we're, we're just expecting to lose. We only won two games that season. And I was in a, another locker room where the the older guys didn't like what the younger guys were doing because the, you know the older guys were used to the older coaches, and we got new coaches in. So it, it's that thing. But and I also was in a locker room with with uh, Raymond Barry where everybody loved each other, and we went to a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the proof's in the pudding there. So. And uh, we feel like things are going uh, certainly in the right way here with this East Carolina uh, football program. And uh, that six win would mean a lot. We've talked about how much it means for uh, the extra practices you get and all that stuff. Just uh, the excitement around town. People buying more season tickets. I mean, it's everything that goes with that. And they can get that done with the win uh, against Memphis. After that, you got Navy which we hate that triple option, but Navy's a little down this year. Yeah. And look, I don't, I, have you been following Cincinnati? They've been winning, Tony, but they've been winning ugly here. Yeah, the last game they played, uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a great outing that that they had. You know, anybody's beatable, man. So that's so that's the thing. So I look at it this way: Cincinnati can come in here and think that they're going to just pound on us, and that's not going to happen. So I think we're going to give them a good game. You know, it could be one of the upsets of the year for us. It's been a year of upsets in college football. The the last man standing really is, and and I say that Oklahoma's nine and zero, but they're such an ugly nine and zero. I forget they're undefeated, <laughs> but they're undefeated. Yeah. Uh, but Georgia is the team. They've been steamrolling everybody, mostly with defense. Their offense, yeah. I don't think, is that great, but they have an elite defense, Tony. And uh, right now, that's been carrying them. They play a, a sneaky Tennessee team that's been putting up a lot of points this week. So we'll see if the Volunteers can can hang. Let me tell you some uh, <laughs> Georgia. They're starting uh, eleven on defense. Uh, can play pro ball right now. <laughs> <laughs> now they might lose some games to take that offense, but that you're right, man. I'm telling you, man, they, they some other teams. Got monsters, man. Yeah, they got monsters. And uh, and that side of the ball's been getting it done. I don't know if there's an offense like again. They'll get tested a little bit with Tennessee, but maybe Ohio State. I just don't know if there's an offense. That, you know, could Alabama get them in the championship, the SEC you know, title? I've watched the Alabama game, and, and that's the first time I've seen where, you know, Alabama was kind of like, you know, bullied in, right. the, in the game. Yeah. They were absolutely bullied in, the, in that game. And, you know, when you bully Alabama, you're, you're, you're really doing something. So I, I, I just, I, I've watched a lot of college ball this year. Cincinnati can't beat them, Ohio State can't beat them. Uh, who else is there? Oklahoma can't beat them. I don't think so. I don't know. I think Georgia's. I, Notre but, Dame definitely can't beat them. Nah, and like Oregon, I don't get. Now Oregon beat Ohio State. That's why they're high, ranked so right. high at number three. But uh, yeah, right now it look. But I, I am concerned that if Georgia does play a, a decent offense, can their offense keep up? I, I don't know. I don't think so. No. But it might not matter because their defense is so dang good. So. Anyway, uh, what do you think about these, like Cincinnati being left out of the, the college football rankings? Right now, they're number five. Obviously, they take the top four. You know, is it is that how it should be? You know, what do you think? No, I, you know, of course not. You know, they're, they're, they're undefeated. They're, they're playing good football. They beat Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, is, who's ranked high. ninth. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think they should be up there, man. But, you know, you got, you got all those, you know, those other teams like Oklahoma. Oklahoma's undefeated, but – at the same time, what they're ranked like what ninth in the nation or something? They're ranked like that? eighth, eighth nine in the and nation. Oh, yeah, you know, so that that to me is kind of crazy too. How you how are you nine and zero oh and you you rank eighth in the nation? 
I, I don't understand it. They really do judge who you play, yeah, I guess, and, and the way you win. Like, you remember uh, in the 90s, Spurrier at Florida used to run up the score because in the yeah. the calculations and stuff, uh, margin of victory was counted. Yeah. So they kind of, they I think they took that away so teams would stop rolling up 80 points and, uh, <laughs> and rubbing it in their face. But I guess it appears like who you beat and how you beat them does matter. Uh, it is important. So here's what you got moving forward, Tony. So Georgia and Alabama are going to meet up in the SEC Again, title game, yeah. likely. Well, Alabama, they hadn't played. Alabama lost to A&M. Yeah, that's this right. Year. That's right. So that'll be their first meeting. If Alabama loses, they're not going to let a two-loss Alabama team in. I don't think so. Uh, so now if Alabama wins, they'll both be in the top four. But if Alabama loses, that takes the team out. Oregon will likely run the table in the Pac-12. That would put them in. Ohio State still has Michigan and a Big Ten championship, so they got some tests coming up. But the Ohio State-Michigan winner will probably get in. So Cincinnati's best bet right now, keep winning and hope that Alabama loses to Georgia, and they might have a shot. And that's a maybe. So they're 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 doing only four again this year. It's right? only four. Uh, they they, they and, need to take that number up uh, two notches, man. Yeah, yeah, you like it at six. I mean, yeah, they're I, talking I, about twelve, which is nah, kind of a drastic that, change for that's, four. That's too many. I, I think six will be good because now you, it's, then you get a team like Cincinnati. Which should be in 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 the rankings right now? They should be playing uh, in, in those playoffs. And if they don't play in the playoffs, and and they run the table, and if Alabama uh, wins, that's gonna that's gonna leave Cincinnati out. Well, in that twelve idea, you would have I think the four top four get buys, but it basically looked like this: Wake Forest at Cincinnati in round one. Texas A&M at Michigan, Oklahoma State at Michigan State, Notre Dame at Oklahoma. Like, how awesome would that be in a playoff format, though? I mean, to have it, that as your playoffs, just like the, the college basketball. Yeah, I mean, you're, <laughs> and I guess Cincinnati would be your Cinderella. Wake Forest would kind of even be a Cinderella uh, with with their history. But you got to bring some excitement. This old, outdated system and the bowls, it's just not what it was, right? I no, mean, it's not. You talked about how special it was for you get to go to the Independence Bowl. That's because you, there wasn't that many bowls. No, and it was, a, it was a true reward for a 9-2, and 9-3 season, whatever you were, 8-3. and three. Uh, But now, like you said, everybody go to one. Uh, not East Carolina the last seven years, but hopefully <laughs> we are this year. But uh, they gotta they gotta update it somehow where it's more exciting. There's nothing better than March Madness, right? Yeah. Or even the 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 college baseball tournament with the regionals, East Carolina. Uh, those have been a lot of fun to play against different teams, advance to a super regional, try to get to Omaha. They need to uh, need to expand. Yeah, they this need thing. they need to make that a little bit more exciting because you know you get the same four teams in it every year just right. about. So come on. Yeah. All right, let's get our uh, final break in. We'll come back, wrap it up with touchdown Tony Collins. Uh, might hear a little bit of Blake Harrell when we return, and uh, have more for you on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live, 
save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a look at your stock market report for today. The Dow was down 158 points at 35,921. The NASDAQ rose 81 points at 15,704, and the S&P was up to at 4,649. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville, Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC. Member SIPC and a look at your Bucks scoreboard. Coming up tonight, one football game. Uh, number 21, Pittsburgh, will be hosting North Carolina at 7.30. And in basketball, number 21, Maryland, will host George Washington at 7 o'clock. McNeese is at TCU at 8. And UC Riverside will be at Arizona State. Tip-off is slated for 8.30. That is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. as your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates. Uh, they are open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And now during football season, they have food trucks during the day. Follow the uh, Buck on Facebook and Instagram for an updated schedule. And we'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Da Buck. Da Buck. You notice how Shirley didn't even mention that the Dolphins play on Pirate Radio tonight? <laughs> she ran over all those games tonight. Didn't even mention the Dolphins playing. <laughs> Come Ravens on. win. Let's move on. Oh, come on, Joe. You need to stick up for your team. You gotta believe. Bit, no? Go, come on. Dolphins, look, go. look, look. Ooh, I am one of those. Their quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I, I am one of those people that I don't go by blind faith on a team. I'm not gonna pick them if I think that they are going to. Now, if I think they're gonna win, I will pick them. But if I think they're gonna lose, which they will, because we suck. But you, you know what you know what I think, Shirley. I think you should get another team. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad idea. You know that's actually not a bad idea, considering Marino's been gone for a long time. So you're like Troy D. He doesn't pick the Pirates just to pick the Pirates. He's going to pick whoever he thinks he's going to win. He makes he make sure the mix. The fact that, that she compared yeah. me to Troy makes me nervous. <laughs> hey, you can do like Troy and pick another team. Troy's a Patriots fan when that's convenient. So, so what I need to do is be a bandwagon fan and Rams, whoever. No, no, just yeah. go, just just be a bit. Go, just go to sleep tonight and, and wake up in the morning. And the first thing you think about is not going to be that. It's probably going to be the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you think about first thing in the morning? I tell you what, Tony. If I can if I can get the hookup like Troy D gets when he goes up to New England, be, yeah. when he goes up there with you, then you know what? I might actually hey, think you, about you, the Patriots. You, you, you can make a trip there. Come on, let's make a trip. Oh, don't tempt me. <laughs> All right, let me get this story. I, I should have brought this up earlier. Do you remember the name uh, Tanya Harding, Tony? The, the the reporter or something like that, right? No, no, the uh, the ice skater. Yeah, there you go. So she was a figure skater. She apparently uh, had her boyfriend and some goons attack Nancy yeah, Kerrigan yeah. at the uh, Olympics back in the day. And I know she where you're going with this, and I've again? been following this story. This is a, an updated version of that story, and it happened in France. So there's a uh, very famous soccer club, Paris Saint-Germain. This is the uh, women's team. Yes. And I'm going to struggle with these names. Uh, Aminata Diallo was taken into custody as part of an investigation into a, an attack on her teammate, wow. Kiara Hamariu. Um, here's what Bless happened, you. Tony. <clears throat> 
So, Hamaru was catching a ride <laughs> with her teammate. The car was stopped by two men who forced the women out of the car, and they only attacked one of the women with a metal bar targeting her legs. Oh, oh my God. God. Yes. The, the teammate ordered a hit on the girl who was riding the car with her, and... Because she was taking her plane time. <laughs> yeah. That's unbelievable. That We're talking about a locker room not being together? <laughs> Holy crap. Now, I will say this. Um, how recent is that, the, the, the particular story you're looking at? And the reason why I say that is because I was reading earlier today that the accused soccer player, because I can't pronounce their names either, the accused player was that was taken into custody was released and not formally charged so and an investigation is continuing interesting okay um so that's why i was asking how recent was that article um now the thing is is that in europe uh women's soccer is extremely competitive so as as shocking as this story is it it doesn't surprise me it actually surprises me that this is hasn't happened more often damn shirley so (laughs) (laughs) because it is very very because the money is better in in uh, europe in terms of playing so shirley's on the side of the attacker here no 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 that is not what i'm saying i'm just saying it's shot it it surprises me that this has not happened before yeah Oh, and that's uh, crazy, man. because of how competitive it is over there I in mean, the European market, just imagine if that like tonight. So Tua's back healthy, right? What if yeah. Jacoby Brissett's not happy with that? Takes out his leg, has somebody take out his legs during practice. I mean, just try to compare this to a U.S. sport and how oh, crazy yeah. nuts this would be. So anyway, I wanted to pass that along. Look, uh, as a woman, I can tell you, women are nuts. So <laughs> no, that that is right down evil. Yeah. I mean, it oh really no, is. it's straight it's up evil. evil. Just yeah, really but evil. <laughs> look, women can be petty, and as a woman, I can openly say that because women can be very petty. Now, I would never go to that extreme, but it, <laughs> believe it or not, it does not surprise There's me. There's a lot of people, Tony, that covet the five o'clock Thursday spot on Pirate Radio Live. So be careful when you walk out the door. Is all I'm saying. All right, we need a prediction and maybe a guarantee. That's I guarantee up to you. we're going to win this week against Memphis. We got a guarantee. Yes, sir. That's a guarantee. You got a score in mind? 27 to 24. We pull it off again. Pirates going bowling, according to That's Tony right. Collins with a win. bowling this week. Tony, enjoyed it, man. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for having Hanging me. Hanging out. Well, uh, next week, where are you going to be? Uh, actually, I'm going to be here. All right, good deal. We'll Let's talk to again. Tony next Thursday. Shirley, we'll see you tomorrow. Chandler, we'll see you Saturday. And we'll see you find folks Friday, 3 o'clock, on an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.